ops, and a little bit of paranoia. Welcome to the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to tonight's episode of the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. We've got a whole lot of faces lined up for you tonight that you're not going to recognize because most of the co-hosts couldn't make it except Mark, who's good and dependable. Hi, Mark. Yay, I'm dependable! <laughs> and uh, since we're going to be talking about DEF CON, which happened recently, uh, we brought on two folks that we know that went to DEF CON and have been to DEF CON several times in a row. We've got, first of all, Jay Scar, who was the original person we were going to bring. You want to say hi, Jay Scar? Hello, all. Long-time <laughs> listener, first time coming on. First time caller, right? That's how that goes. Yes, there we go. Sure, <laughs> sure. You're not quite calling, but whatever. <laughs> And the other two that you see down in the corner there. Because I counted three. You're like, we have two on, but like there's Sorry, three. I'm thinking Zoom sessions, and I really should stop thinking like a sysadmin. <laughs> there are several but people on that other session. Then so you would are, just be the iron. <laughs> the iron, right. So <laughs> the other and two we, that are joining us are folks from our DEF CON 610 group that uh, some of you may know that I help uh, organize, uh, both Eric slash Heave and his daughter, Bia. So say hi. Hi. Hello. Say hi. I'm oh, sorry. And uh, and B is a ball of energy, so she's going to be blurting things out all night, I'm sure. <laughs> but will she sing? That is the question. I don't know. I've never seen Bia sing. Do you sing, Bia? No. No. I do not sing. You don't sing. This is not a giant high school musical. No. Oh, well, oh, it, no. wait a second. Hang on. Yeah, I mean it. It kind of is a high school musical when Mark's around. <laughs> so oh, I guess let's let's take a minute so that viewers can figure out who these people are and why uh, why they're here, other than just that they've been to DefCon. So Jay Scar, you want to start off? Like, who are you? And and I don't know. Give us a little bio. Sure. So um, my name's Joshua. I go by Jay Scar. Uh, I go through, and I'm a Tam for Red Hat, right? Uh, during my not working hours, uh, I help run a hackerspace. I've also helped go through and run a contest at DEF CON for the last eight years. I've been attending DEF CON for the last 12 years. I uh, love the hackerspace idea and actually just getting people into a facility and then teaching something new. Uh, the, the light bulb that you see go off when they're able to pick their first lock uh, is absolutely exhilarating. So if you're a parent of a small child, you see when the, the gears are, are grinding and then the light bulb goes off. It's awesome to see that in adults. So that's why I'm here. That is that is pretty cool. And uh, I've told the story on the show before how even when my, my youngest daughter was still five and we were at a B-Sides conference and she's able to pick a lock. And I'm looking at her like, I was 30-something before I picked my first lock. You're doing it at five. <laughs> yep. Absolutely crazy. at 20 on her dex check. Yeah, right, right. If a lot of people say kids are just better at it. And I don't know, maybe maybe you guys can speak more to that since you've probably Little got more, teeth. more more lock picking experience than I'll ever have. Uh, so, um, Heave and Bia, you want to take turns? Tell us uh, who you are while you're here? Who you are? Well, okay. Yeah, whatever. Uh, uh... <laughs> I'm Heave. I do. Uh, I'm one of the admins for DefCon 610, which is the Easton Lehigh Valley area DefCon group. So if you're in that area, please check us out. We've got the Twitters and probably other social media things. And uh, join us. It's a great group right now. We've been doing our meetings virtually, um, but we'll go back to physical as soon as it's safe to do so. And without further ado, this is BS Scilab, who runs uh, Girls Who Hack 
and secure open vote, but she'll talk more about that right about now. Hi guys, so as my dad over here said, um, I am Bia Scilab, Bianca Lewis, Bia B, whatever you want to call me. Um, I run Girls Who Hack. Our motto is teaching girls the skills of hacking so that they can change the future. I provide online and physical lessons to any girl who wants to start her journey in cybersecurity. I also run Secure Open Vote, which is my own secure end-to-end -end election system. I've been going to DEF CON since DEF CON 25. Um, I went to DEF CON three times in person, and this year, due to COVID, I have gone to the virtual con, which was super cool. Nice. Well, that's a decent, uh, decent set of credentials, even for what do you like? <laughs> I feel completely inadequate. Yeah, right. I mean, you know. and people tell me I'm pretty good at what I do, but I feel completely inadequate next to Bia there. That's awesome. Right. So, I have smart daughters, so it makes me feel good to see smart daughters. Yeah, yeah right, right. Really, the same, the same deal there. So um, I just managed to uh, mess up the stream here. Sorry about that. Oh no, <laughs> it's working. I just changed the size of the Zoom window, and now the Zoom window is uh, well not lining up with, with OBS anymore. So anyway, tonight, like I said, we're going to talk a little bit about DEF CON sort of in general, and I guess also a bit about how DEF CON went this year because of everything going on in the world with DEF CON safe mode. So I guess uh, a great place to start is anybody listening. I mean, I, I, I find it hard to believe there might be someone listening who doesn't know what DEF CON is because it is such a big thing, but that could just be because I, it's a thing that's, you know, sort of in my area of interest. So how about you guys give us a, you know, just sort of a basic overview. What the heck is DEF CON? Why do people go to it? Who should go to it? That kind of thing. It's the world's largest hacker conference. Um, it happens in Vegas every year. So there's nothing like a bunch of computer nerds in the middle of the desert in the middle of the summer. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, one thing I like about it is you actually get to meet the people that you know online in follow on Twitter <laughs> in physical space as opposed to like you know just virtually meeting them or in chats and all that stuff plus you get a lot of uh, chances to do some really cool hands-on stuff like um, the CTFs and things like the um, hack a car you have car hacking village hack an airplane Hack drones. a satellite, drones. There's so much stuff to do there. It's overwhelming. Hack uh, everything, right? Yeah, I hack Pretty much. all the things. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. I, I completely agree with you to where it was interesting that it was being held online this year. The physical aspects of it, I don't know about you. The first couple of years I went, I went to every single talk I could possibly imagine and shove in there. But the conference is so much more than just the, the presentations that are going on. There's the whole idea between LionCon or HallCon to where you're going and you're meeting the individuals that you've been talking with online or just some rando. You don't know what their real name is. You're got it, you've got a handle that you're talking to them with. And then you're talking to them about some really geeky items and you're just hitting it off. And you don't know this person from, from any place else. Uh, the other aspect that I really enjoy about is going into the contest side. So there are talks. There are the halls, there are the, the different villages, but then the contests, there are like 23 or so going on in the villages. There's like 32 last year. There was something like 30 this year. It's wow. absolutely nuts. Wow, that's pretty crazy. 
Yeah, so as as many of the listeners will know, um, I've, I've been to DerbyCon since the beginning. DerbyCon 1, I went on kind of a whim because cause Jason, the other co-host, had a free ticket, had a spare ticket. And uh, I got hooked right away and kept going. So um, I always, I've never been to DefCon, but I've always imagined that it's just DerbyCon times 10 because it's pretty much, <laughs> it's, attendance wise, you know, it was always, you know, about like 10 times the size of, of DerbyCon, as far as I know. How many, uh, do you have some idea how many attendees there usually are there? Am I way off? Typically 30,000. 35,000. So yeah, it is about times 10. <laughs> right. So, but yeah, a lot of what you just described is the sort of stuff that I got to enjoy about DerbyCon, right? You, you run into people in the halls that know how to do things that are like just out of the ordinary, right? It's it's not, some of it's stuff you could call illegal, which makes it intriguing, right? And other of it's just like really cool stuff, right? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't even know how to, how to describe it. Just like, yeah, I made a raspberry pie, do this weird thing. And, and now it's, you know, part of my everyday life and, you know, that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I guess yeah, I kind I kind of get it at a smaller scale. Um, that's how I found out about besides Delaware was I was standing in line and one of the admins was there and just standing in line and I looked, I'm like, what's besides? And he told me all about it. And then I ended up taking her, which I actually think this was the first one, 2016, that I went to. Uh, nice. 16 besides, besides Delaware you went to? Or was it? And uh, I brought her there and she she had a blast. She took the uh, some intro to hacking class and she like pawned three Windows machines. And then she was like, yeah, I'm going to go play with the kid, the little uh what are those? Those snap circuits. I'm going to go play with snap circuits. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. We made a fan go into the ceiling and like pop the ceiling tile, which was fun. With snap circuits. Yeah. So snap light vandalism. There you go. Snap circuits is one of the first things that my daughter picked up at, at B-Sides, aside from lock picking. Uh, and we, she loved them so much, we got her own set for home, and she's been, t- she's been tinkering with them ever since. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Also at DefCon, they have the uh, the kids track, which Bia can. Talk oh yeah, about. Um, the Roots Asylum. Um, the first year that they had the Roots Asylum, I think was the first year that I was there, right? Yeah, it was. The second. Part. It yeah. was the second. It was um, pretty small, but over the years since last year, when I last went to DefCon, it's huge. The Roots Asylum, ha- um, since it got so big, they have their own badges just for the kids and their own uh, T-shirts and stuff. They have a lot of cool CTS and stuff and only kids and their parents allowed, which is really cool. And it's great because you see kids of like all ages from ages three all the way to um, 16, 17. So a big variety and really cool and a lot of kids. Yeah, she she gave a talk uh, one year on, on intro to Wireshark. And then it was kind of it was it worked out because for some reason one speaker couldn't didn't make it. So they threw her in. She did her talk on intro to Wireshark. And then right after her, two teenage girls went up and talked about how they were at home and their internet really sucked. So they got Wireshark out and started looking at things. And it turns out that they had their light bulbs were running a botnet. And they figured (laughs) botnet, all the command and control servers and the whole thing out. And they went through how they did it. So all, That's all, awesome. <laughs> yeah, all the talks in the um, Roots Asylum are um, 
by kids. There, there's a few like, you know, adult talks will go in there, but it's people like Deviant talking about, you know, what do you need for your home hack lab and how to get started and tools and what, what to get started with. You know, real, you know, big, big people like that. So it's, it's pretty cool. And cool safe kids too, by the way, they do an excellent job of making sure kid, parent, go in, come out, and no creeps come in. So. That was that was sort of my next question, right? So um, DerbyCon was always family-oriented enough that I probably would have started taking my daughters when they got old enough, like teen, maybe. Um, I, I can definitely tell you I've seen people there with kids as little as, like, infants and kids, you know, like six, seven running around along with them. And I, I always felt a little nervous about having my kids in an area like that. But, you know, to each their own. Um, how, what sort of feel do you get at DEF CON for kids? Like <laughs> it used to be, you know, the, the, again, I've never been to DEF CON, but I always had this impression that it was just not a place for kids. Is that wrong? Am I old enough? <laughs> Is Mark old enough? <laughs> it's, it's fine. Your kids have to understand that they're going to see things yeah. and they're going to hear things. There's adult language all over the place. I mean, yep. it's already Las Vegas. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, right, right. It's Las Vegas. Like, some guy running naked down the hallway or through a talk for a, um, you know, for a flag for the for the scavenger find or something. So you, they have to know that, the parents have to know that that's going to happen. Lots of bad words, yeah. drinking, smoking, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, general whatever. But like my wife usually goes, so. Um, Except for less. Yeah, she didn't go last year, but so. um Bia would go back to the hotel room in the evening and then stay with mom. And then I'd go back out and I'd go to the, you know, the crazy parties, parties and, and the shows. And, and, and the naked through halls running. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one wants been... to see that. No. <laughs> one cool thing they've done is they take, uh, they buy out all the suites on, you know, on the suite level of a hotel and all the DEF CON groups will get suites and they just leave the doors open. So at oh. night, up there and it's open bars like i want you know you imagine a las vegas suite you know it's super fancy they got a hot tub they got shout you know all this stuff yeah i walk in there and it's a normal suite i turn the corner there are three 42 inch racks with a complete bbs running in it and some, <laughs> and some kids sitting there on a laptop just like banging away in a terminal like, what the hell? That's what I would do. That's what I would do at DEF CON. I would build a data center at DEF CON. <laughs> so AWS reInvent was in Vegas. Nate, you were there. It and, was not and as I, cool. No, not nearly <laughs> as cool. This, not even close. This is literally just scraping the surface, though, too, because yeah. there is so much going on. Even if you had... Uh, uh, so going for 12 years, I've still not made it to every corner of or to every village at DEF CON. You definitely have to pick your interest for that year and then deep dive, because otherwise there is just so much to do and so much to learn. Uh, it's easy to get overwhelmed for your first time. Right. Well, I can imagine. I mean, just, just like you were saying about going to every talk, right? That's what I did for the first two years when I went to DerbyCon. And then I realized this is dumb. I can watch the talks later. That's <laughs> yep. Yes. Absolutely. DEF CON, the only talk you want to go to is if you want to see somebody particular. Right, right. That's that's how I handled it. If there was someone who I was friends with and I wanted to see them and chat with them afterward, or if there was a topic where I thought I wanted to ask questions, those I would go to. Otherwise, I mean, Iron Geek did all the videography for uh, DerbyCon over the years, and that man figured out how to 
I mean, it's almost like he was getting the talks uploaded while they were happening. That's how quickly they were, yep. they were up. It was like that evening they were up, and you could just go watch them. So, um, yeah. So you mentioned like size and venue. Where exactly is it held aside from just Vegas? Is it is it in one of the casinos or is it does it move? <laughs> so this last year, uh, before we went online, we're in four. Was it five casinos? Because it was it, it jumps because we get bigger. Right. Right. So this last year we were in the Flamingo. We we're in Planet Hollywood. We we're in Bally's and we were also in Paris. So that that's four different locations. Yeah. And you had to cross the street for one of them. Yeah. That's how uh, reInvent bef- was. OK. Reinvent yeah. was the same Before way. That- Except you were like all over Vegas. There was one of them. One of the venues was like a mile away. <laughs> I don't and know some of the hotels me. are so big. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like oh, yeah. oh, me and one of the accelerators walked through the MGM Grand. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we were the Building was so big. We were staying in the MGM Grand. So every morning when I went when I went to go down to any talks, I'd have to come from my room down to the lobby, through the casino, through the whole like underground mall that is the MGM yep. Grand. Right. It's right? insane. And there's the talks, right? You want to talk about huge though. What was it? The um Starts with a V. Which one was it? It's one of the big ones. Venetian. Venetian. The Venetian has like a recreation of freaking Sicily in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's <Yep>. insane. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, so so it's it's a similar setup. Then I always thought there was like all you know this was contained in one building, but no, it's it's too big for that. Reinvent was too big for that. That's why they did it. Although some people um, at the conference were were very vocal about how they could have held it at a convention center instead that would have hauled all the people. But uh, it sounds like DEFCON wouldn't work there. You need, it sounds like you need the casino vibe for that. <laughs> so there's there's the stickler because we've been in a single location. We were actually planning on, before we all had to stay home, we were planning on using one of the newest convention centers at the Caesar Convention Center. But this year, when we had to go online afterwards, they said, hey, we're going to do the whole four casinos again because... We worked it. It was okay. The positive is that uh, you could actually get into the talks that you wanted to. The issue with it is that you just had to walk a mile and a half to get there. So you weren't in lines inside of the casinos. You were in lines on the concrete out on uh, Las Vegas Boulevard getting to and from. In (laughs) August, right? In the desert in August. (laughs) It's okay. It's a dry heat. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, sure. No problems. While wearing black t-shirts. Oh, yeah. Everyone's got to have black t-shirts on, right? All of us do tonight. Black is slimming. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you're not neat if you're not wearing... If you're wearing All right. So you've, you've alluded to it already with DEF CON Safe Mode. How did it go this year? I so, thought it was great because um, it was super easy to get all the content you could see all the talks you wanted to see and if there wasn't a talk you wanted to see there were a lot of um uh, interactive ctf stuff you could go and you could be like have a talk running on one screen while you're doing a ctf on another which was fantastic um and then you know as bia did, bia gave a talk uh, at defcon was great because she got to pre-record it which takes a lot of the pressure off of right. like Screw up, um, I actually rather do it in person. I don't know. I feel like when I'm being recorded, I'm like, <laughs> hi. So you know, 
she vibes with the audience really well. Yeah, but, no, well, and I, I, able to read. I would say I would probably agree with that. I've, I've presented in front of audiences and I've presented in front of obviously uh, a, a broadcast like this. And um, especially if you're doing it alone, there's no one to right. converse with. I've done this show once by myself, right? Because mm-hmm. nobody could make it. I'll never do it again. <laughs> Cause it just, it felt so boring. <laughs> Single tear. Yeah. Yeah. The audience has power. The audience really yeah. does. And you I can agree. feed it to them. What my, my point is like for, if she had to do that talk to a streamed audience live, it would have been really rough, but being able to pre-record it and yeah. ask the questions while it's going on was amazing. Right. No. Yeah. So I, I can understand that, right? If, you, if you're in a virtual setting, it makes perfect sense to pre-record the thing. And then you can devote your, your attention to answering questions and whatever. And that's how they did Summit this year, Red Hat Summit, right? They were all pre-recorded. They weren't, most of them weren't live. I don't think any of them were live. Um, mm-hmm. But comparing, right? Ha- having been to summit in person, for example, and having been to the virtual summit, uh, it didn't feel the same at all to me. I, oh. I, I, I can't wait until we're in person again, to be honest. Right. So I'm curious if you had a similar feel with DEF CON safe mode and you're not, I hope you're not going to hurt anyone's feelings or get banned from DEF CON. <laughs> <laughs> they nah, did, nah. Everyone's doing the best they can with the current environment. Right. So I'm just curious, think- like, DEF CON handled it so much differently than Red Hat Summit did. You know, they just used Twitch and they used Discord and they used, what was this Discord, right? Yeah, and, it was just Discord. Yeah. Straight up Discord. Yeah. <laughs> so I think for what they were able to pull off in a given amount of time was fantastic. And it was a hell of a lot better than nothing at all. So yeah. was it as good as sitting in front of uh, a bar talking with your, your buddies that you meet there every year? No. But the fact is that Discord was up and running enough to where you could turn on the video chat, turn on the microphone, and get yourself your own beer. I felt that it was good enough this year. Yeah. Um, I felt that it was still enough of a vibe to where we, like I said, I helped run one of the contests that are there. And we usually have people around the tables talking, asking questions, and then kind of uh, just being one of those uh, the booth individuals, giving information. So you're able to go through and hand that up. And we are able to do that virtually. And on that point, I think it worked out pretty decently. The, I had the opportunity to take one of the workshops from the Packet Hacking Village. And man, this was the cleanest, most organized workshop I've ever been to, ever going to DEF CON or B-Sides. Because I usually go to B-Sides uh, Las Vegas a couple days before. Mm-hmm. And uh you logged in, you got your username and password. They were using Apache Guacamole and we were able to jump in and use Wireshark 101 right there in front of us. And there were no issues. It just worked. That's cool. <laughs> nope. Nobody going through and deauthing Wi-Fi. <laughs> no, too many people right. hitting the same IP. <laughs> um, and then it getting shut down because nobody else can access it. It just worked. So yeah. I was really happy with that. Yeah, the... Um... The workshop access was was fantastic, but you know, in real life, it's so much more fun because, like, going into the packet hacking village and like elbowing your way into a spot, dropping your laptop down, and plugging into the thing and running Wireshark with the the DJ and the lights and all the yeah. people are just the whole it's a whole experience. Yeah, yeah. Ride. <laughs> right. Um, I really like this. Um. 
the online virtual DEF CON, it's much better because some people have work or can't afford tickets to go to actual DEF CON. It's very accessible this year. Maybe some people were scared to go to the actual DEF CON and get too invested in it. Yeah. They want to test the water, so this was a great way. One of my favorite little details of this whole entire DEF CON experience is during Lion Con, like in person, they always pass around the beach balls and stuff, and they actually made a beach ball in hand emoji thing. So people were <laughs> passing beach balls in Lion Con, which I found super funny, and it was it was honestly just great. So wait, so as I understand it, Lion Con, <laughs> for anyone who's who doesn't know, and maybe you guys can correct me, Lion Con is the line you stand in waiting to get like admission, right? Right. It's any right. line in general, but when people talk about LineCon, they generally mean the yeah. industry. Yeah, I saw right. um, Jason Scott's documentary on DEF CON 25, right? And he talks nice. about LineCon. So I'm, I'm at least familiar with the concept, right? And um, so they made a virtual LineCon. They absolutely did. Because and it's that much find- of a... It's that much of a thing. Wow. So <laughs> in years past, our hackerspace would go to Vegas a couple days early and just camp out and start the line con. We did that for like four or five years. So the noob would be up in front and then get to meet so many people, the different goons or other people coming in and setting up. Um, the culture that you get there with how many friendly people and how many other subcultures that blend so well together yeah. is absolutely amazing. Yeah. So the whole line con feel about, hey, somebody buying you pizza or getting the beach ball, playing loud music, watching videos or sharing music, it, I think they did a really good job with that, especially when they they threw the invite link on their public page and said, hey, this is going to unlock on a certain date and time. If you went through and you bought a physical badge uh, through their eBay and then you looked at their, their track list, hey, you got an early invite to where you're able to go to another site and get in early. So we were in a lot earlier to try to see what things were going on, what we could see. And uh, yeah, the LineCon passing the ball was a lot of fun. The gifts, they kept on making more and more different icons for all the different villages because there are stickers all over the place when you go to DEF CON. And they're slapping them on things that probably shouldn't be slapped on, uh-huh. including wiggly eyeballs. Yeah. Um, so like Caesar would have uh, the squiggly eyes on him or things like that. We, oh, there we, you go. We had... There you go. We had... Um... Some vendor brought sticky chickens, little like those little chickens that you, can, that you can flick on your finger like a rubber band. They brought those. Okay. To, they brought those to DerbyCon the one year, and that was nice. a mistake. The Hyatt <laughs> was covered in sticky chickens. Was it? Well, was like, it, it wasn't really a mistake from our from our perspective, but it might have been a mistake for the con organizers and the poor Hyatt Regency in Louisville. Have I misjudged? We found. <laughs> For years to come, we found sticky chickens all over the Hyatt, just everywhere. I mean, you'd you'd find them at random places. I think the last DerbyCon, I found a chicken. <laughs> it's like nice. four years or whatever since that since the incident. <laughs> but the sticky eyes were the same thing. There were eyes on everything there. So it must there was there had to be a, a, a I would say most of the attendees of DerbyCon were probably also DefCon attendees so i'm sure some of this culture blended over and that's why there were sticky eyes everywhere i don't know who did it Most first definitely. but <laughs> absolutely well, i remember at defcon 25 and 26 they held it in the caesar's palace and caesar. into defcon well one of the entrances was these escalators right and then there was like um 
a bar? A wall. A wall thing. And um, everybody was taking stickers, jumping up and slapping them up there until the whole entire thing was covered to the point that Caesar's Palace, every single day, had to scrape off the stickers. <laughs> it was so crazy. Yeah, you're making some poor worker hate his life. Right, but it's that, but... it's one of those things where the venue is like, we're making money. Do we deal with it or do we get mad about it, right? And that's the way the Hyatt always looked at it. They loved DerbyCon because we came in there and we drank them out of house and home and they made a lot of money <laughs> off of us, right? Yeah. And uh, they, just, yeah. they just rolled with it. They had a couple lines they didn't want us to cross, but they were... Really high bars. <laughs> Stickers on the escalator wall or dead hookers. Well, yeah, right. Okay. There were no dead hookers <laughs> at Derby Con. Yeah. Very bad things. That's a movie. Yeah. Bia, you're still not allowed to see it. But yeah, probably yeah, not. That's the reference. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, I, uh, you, you mentioned that the you used um, Discord's video chat. That's actually something I think Summit was missing. That face to face feel. Right. Yeah. We no, had, I agree with that. We had text chat, and that was it. And the, and the chat platform, and this is where I get on a little Uncle Mark ranting soapbox, for the amount of money that we must have paid the company that actually ran the event, the chat was terrible. Yeah. Oh, I, I actually, I forget what was, what was going on, but I, I couldn't spend a lot of time dealing with Summit this year. I wrote a better chat client in Java when I was learning that back in 19... 19- <laughs> 90 something <laughs> Bia wasn't born yet days and and this is like this modern company like we do virtual events this is what we do this is our swim lane this yeah. text chat suddenly you hear my dog vomiting in the background <laughs> <laughs> bogey saw the text chat he's gonna puke <laughs> oh I'd say, man with Terrible. using what was available to them I think Defcon went really well. Uh, so this year yeah. was my first summit. So I hadn't ever had anything else to compare it to. Oh, but going to physically to summit. Defcon and then having the physical Defcon having to move online, they did a damn decent job. In yeah. you That's will summit. you will love in person summit when we get to go back to the in person yeah. summit. The socialization piece of virtual summit was poor. Yeah. Had they leaned on something like Discord or had a Discord like experience, it would have been much better. Yeah. How'd yeah. they just use IRC for crying out loud? <laughs> yeah. Wait, who uses that's, IRC anymore, Uncle Mark? Yeah, come on. That's how, uh, <laughs> But yeah, yeah. All right. That's they, cool. They could have used Gchat. I don't know. So Bia, help an old guy out here. I, I'm fascinated with the idea of CTFs, but I've never actually tried one. If, if I'm like a total noob at something like that, are there sessions at DEF CON that can be like, hey, here's how you do uh, here's how you do DEF CONs. And in fact, here's the Fisher Price level DEF CON for old guy. Who's getting- um, well, at most of the DEF CON CTFs, there are always people running it to help you. Um, honestly, you can just go pull up a seat and um, just talk to the person next to you. Don't be shy. Just... Um, ask questions. Um, if you want an intro to like hacking or anything, you can just um Google some online classes. I have my girls who hack classes on my. Yeah, but I'm a guy, so you know. You don't do it, right? The internet doesn't know you're a dog if you go to girlswhohack.com. I'm not gonna do that. He's got classes there. 
So, yeah. I mean, Mark, I would say that what you should do is when DEFCON 610 is back to in-person, you need to start coming because last year, was it last year? Yep. Like the years are blending together now. We ran a... a well, it's March 178, yeah, isn't right. it right now? We ran a, a hacker pub crawl through downtown Easton where we got buy-ins from a number of local eateries, of which there are a lot of in Easton, uh, mm. that, that happened to serve alcohol. And uh, mm. we, we put a bunch of Raspberry Pi or whatever-based mm. uh, CTF Pie. flags ah. throughout all of these various pubs. And they ranged from very easy to very difficult. And uh, it, was a, it was a great time, and it was free, other than all yeah. the beer you should have been drinking. Yeah. And the requirement for the flags, for the people who built the flags was it had to have a a kind of a level zero or a level one, something, something you could go in, you could do with your phone and and get, you know, get, get some points. But if you wanted, you're like, wow, I really like the food here. I like the vibe in this bar. I'm going to open up the laptop and I'm going to dive deep. Then you could. Yeah. Uh, Nice. One of our guys took one of those big Darth Vader's gutted it and put a, uh, a, Raspberry yes. Pi, the screen, and an entire like storyline that you had to hack through. It was very involved. It was multi-level. It was it was cool. And then if when you finally won, you got to print something on the screen, which is really familiar to some other guy I know who made a yeah urban thing or something. I don't know yeah. who that guy. Yeah. So I I had repurposed. I had repurposed the uh, the code from the old Hack My Derbies, <clears throat> and that was that was hanging out at Two Rivers in uh, in Easton, where I was hanging out with the scoreboard. So, you know, it nice, worked out pretty well. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a good event. So we hope that we are definitely doing it again when we can. Yeah, take right, it. right. When, so, when when things like social gatherings are okay again. My challenge in my challenge until recently has been that Wednesday night was my son's troop meeting, but he's going off to college now. And while I will remain an assistant scoutmaster, I will feel far less guilty about blowing off a regular Wednesday night meeting to go to a nerd thing. Yeah. And it's, it's once a month, right. And it's a great time and you don't have to come every month, but it's, it's definitely something I would recommend. And I did go a few times. I did enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, it's great food and, People that are that just all oh, the peanut butter burger. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> but it's, peanut butter burger time. Peanut butter burger time. Peanut butter burger. Peanut butter it's burger. just the whole yeah. the whole group is full of people who love to help teach. You know, oh, that's that, right. That love Jay Lodescar is on the other coast. He cannot come for shame. the peanut butter burger. That's okay. <laughs> I can do virtual. <laughs> if you ever visit this oh, uh, this side of the country, you're going to have to come on a Wednesday at the beginning of the month. So it's that, Wednesday, uh, Homer. Yeah, I can make sure that'll <laughs> totally awesome. happen. And, and, you know, I think this leads back to the point on Uncle Mark, if you were to show up at DEF CON, you could mm-hmm. go through and ask anybody and they would go through and say, hey, here are some DEF CON 101 talks or here's a, uh, a CTF 101. Here's how to get started. Mm-hmm. So because I think there's something that, new I, every yeah. single year. I think the real trick here is to try and get DEF CON on the approved conferences list that Red Hat will pay for. Right. Right. <laughs> See? See? So that was that yeah. was one of the right. So. One of the things I was worried about leaving the college was that I wouldn't be able to go to DerbyCon anymore, right? Because it's not uh, it's not exactly related to being a sysadmin. Uh, so how is security not related to be a sysadmin? Well, He's, see, so the college <laughs> the college saw it that way and agreed with me, and that's why I was able to go. However, I don't think I could have swung DefCon because it's it's a whole different 
Uh, I've swung some crazy shit at Red Hat. Sorry, right. Bia. So, <laughs> so um, it worked out perfectly. Unfortunately, DerbyCon is no more, but it means that I no longer had to worry about whether I could go to DerbyCon, and that's why I went to Red Hat. Gotcha. Oh, that's <laughs> Red Hat. So DerbyCon was folding. So you're like, yeah, I don't need this anymore. Out of Red Hat. I, so I I'll be honest with you. Commute, or sorry, our each way commute to work every day. Yeah, that that probably has something to do with it. And it's Red Hat. I I couldn't have turned down a job at Red Hat. It's your dream job. <laughs> it okay. is. It really. If, is. if DerbyCon had still been gone, it would have been. Well, it just would have been one more one more checkbox. It probably just would have meant I had to pay my own way to get out to DerbyCon, which was not that much money. Or maybe and, it wouldn't and, have had to. And that's it. So. Honestly, I've had pretty good luck with different employers in the past on saying yay or nay. For me, I've had a couple of different jobs, and some of them were, were corporate, some of them were other agencies. And with that, about half the time it got approved. And you're going to miss 100% of the ones that you don't ask for. So yeah, right. Uh, for me, right. I'm like, when I get a new job, I'm like, hey, I take this time off for DEF CON. Come hell or high water, this is already gone. Christmas? Yeah, no, Christmas, I, I would also like to take off. But DEF CON is the thing that I live for year-round. So uh, come hell or high water, this is going to be in part of our agreement. Oh, okay, right. great. I get this. Uh, whether, whatever, yeah. I, yeah. I negotiated security conferences. Um, I don't take a penalty on PTO or uh, on salary. So I don't get PTO or, or anything. I can just go. If it's a security nice. conference, I can go. I have to pay my own way, but I can yeah. go. Yeah. That's and cool. I think that would be the worst case scenario with Red Hat. They wouldn't necessarily make you take PTO, but they might not cover the expense. Right. So I guess that and brings up a valid talking point that uh, isn't necessarily in our list of things we're going to talk about. What does it cost oh, to, no. get in, to get into, into DEF CON? So 300, bucks. 300 bucks to get the badge alone. Now, if you want a shirt, that's going to cost you cash. Yeah. And by the way, that is cash only. Yeah. You're not going to be doing this with a debit card or I've credit heard. card. Yeah shirts um so 300 bucks to get in the door which gets you access to the lock picking village and all these other villages that we're talking about so tools that you don't necessarily have or things or skills that you don't have you now get the exposure to go in and try all these things out use somebody else's hardware to see if you want to deep dive soldering lock picking car hacking i mean you're hacking somebody else's car right how much better yeah. can that get yeah well um, i mean Der DerbyCon tickets were 175 for some reason i had it in my head that defcon tickets were much higher but they're not you're Three, not black hat to twenty five hundred dollars to get in the door. Yeah, like yeah. summits, summits more. <laughs> summits <laughs> a grand. Yeah, summits a grand. Right. I thought three, that three, was high. Yeah, 300's nothing. Yeah, I mean, so it's obviously something, yeah, but it's not nothing, maybe I'm maybe I'm privileged old white guy here thinking three hundred ain't bad at all. Yeah, no. For, so for, it's gone up twenty yeah. bucks per year. <gasps> as long as you yeah. know that twenty bucks is not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So if you're talking about a cheap hotel, oops, sorry. Go ahead. Bye. The other thing is during um, DEF CON, you can go um, pay for just like one time, go do a CTF, some CTFs and challenges. You can win a black badge. Uh -huh. And after the black badge, you can go for free every single year. Telling yeah. You, you guys had a, you got, I think it was an Iron Sys admin. Oh God, was it Iron Sys admin or was it that other show you turned me on to, Nate? Where you had the guy on talking about CTFs? Um, and he talked. No, it could, Mog. Uh, that was, was, one, it that was when we had Mog on. Yeah, he was talking about uh, Derby Mud and all that. 
No, you know what? Who's the, what's the other nerd show you told me about? <laughs> the dude, the dude just has this like ridiculously crazy soothing voice. You mean Darknet Diaries? Darknet Diaries. Oh my God! There was a Darknet Diary where he was t- where he basically went over the history of this one CTF team that ended up dominating, and their goal was to win DefCon, and it was yes. like it was yeah. a ah oh, it was. Yeah. That's yeah, when I was taking yeah. Abby back and forth to Seton Hall on a more regular basis. I lived for those trips because I'm like, I got to listen to Dark Diaries. Because I think it was a multi-part right. series. So I, I, or it was a long one. I, I remember just being totally fascinated with that. Yeah. So speaking of black badges, the last year at DerbyCon, we all got black badges. Nice. <laughs> because it was over. Yeah. <laughs> so that right. was, so that was future, the conference badge. DerbyCons are free. Yeah. yeah. Ha ha. That's if it ever comes back, I guess. So yeah. that's the yeah. No, DerbyCon had real black badges that were like a real thing. They were they were mm-hmm. they were awesome. They lit up and they were like these plexiglass things. There was this comp. There was um, what's his name? He goes by uh, Blenster, Blenster, and somebody else. I forget the other guy. But they ran a hackerspace there in Louisville, and they made these things, and they were awesome. Uh, but those are now honored at other conferences. I don't know if DEFCON is one of them or not, but they're honored at lots of other conferences now. People that had legitimate black badges, not these black badges. Honor <laughs> <laughs> to your family with this badge. Right. Yeah. So with the black badges, the only contest that's guaranteed to get a black badge is this, the major CTF yeah. that you have to go through and do the prequels throughout the year. Otherwise, uh, how they go through and assign those out is they go to the different contests and they see how they're interacting with the community. If people are learning, if people are getting involved, and then they get to award it. Usually uh, Saturday, they'll let the contest runners know because up to that point in time, there is no guarantee that the other uh, contests have black badges. Yeah. So you have no idea walking in which one's a black badge contest and oh, which one's right. not. So You're you, just there to go play and learn. You can't just pick a contest because you want the black badge. Like this one will be easy. I can get a black badge out of this. No, you have to. I'm yep. suspecting that easy and black badge will never go together. To, however, you have to qualify for the CTF. There's for two major CTFs at DEFCON. There's the main CTF, yeah. which we calls all year, and then it's teams and all that stuff. And then there's what's called the open CTF, which yeah. anyone can walk up and do. Okay. The CTF at DerbyCon must, was more like the open CTF. I yeah. never participated in it because I never thought I had the skills. Maybe I should have tried. But uh, yeah, the mad skills. Everybody is get one flag. That's your goal. Get yeah, one flag. Right. Get a flag. Get a flag. And that was part of why I don't know. It was part of the motivation behind making the hack my derby the way I did. I made the flags like there were a ton of them that were just super easy, so people could just be like, "Yeah, cool. I I got a flag. Awesome." And there were a couple that were a little harder, um, but none of them were crazy. You know, like high end stuff. So. Like like uh, Morse code over TCP. <laughs> yeah, there was there was none of that. There was none of that. There, there was like you know privilege escalation through like a misconfigured pseudo or pseudoers file that kind of thing. There was like you know stuff like that. None of it was crazy. Just like things I know, things I knew as a sysadmin, mistakes I knew I could make that would make my system insecure. I did them on purpose, <laughs> and that was that was how I made it. <laughs> and this is why sysadmins make the best security people. Yeah, people, I absolutely agree. Do. People have told me yep. that over the years. Yeah. So honestly, I was afraid of going and doing any CTFs too, Nate. And I went to my local uh, scale, which is the Southern California Linux Expo, and I participated in one, not ever doing one before. Yeah. And 
what I found out is that every CTF is different. Everybody who's putting it together does it differently. Oh, yeah. Uh, at that point in time, they went through and they were using uh, Facebook's CTF, which they open sourced. It was cool. You could use a hint. Um, ended up placing pretty decently. Went to another one, and I did not do well. But I learned something. And that was the interesting part is that every CTF that you go join, as long as you learn one thing new walking away from it, you can oh, spend yeah. the entire time working on that one problem, yeah. but you're still just that much more knowledgeable on it now. There was, there was a, uh, in fact, it was at the pub crawl. Um, so we, we had these out all over the place. So I couldn't, I couldn't interact with any of the, the flags other than the one that was right next to me, which was the one I made. So there was no fun, right? Cause I was sitting there. I was the guy that was meant to sit there and sort of man the scoreboard and I was tweeting about stuff and whatever. So <clears throat> toward the end of the day, they brought all of the devices back to Rivers, which was kind of our base of operations. And then I got a chance to actually hack on some of these things. And I, I didn't do too bad, right? And there was one of them where uh, part one of the flags was you could pop a web shell, right? And it wasn't an escalated web shell or anything, but it was a web shell. And I got that. I got the flag. And then there was sort of the, the way he had it set up, like the next one, I think, would give you a hint for the next flag or something like that. So I, I had a hunch on what the next flag was. And I used the web shell to get the flag, right? <laughs> and he's like, how did you do that? <laughs> it's like, you weren't supposed to do it that way. <laughs> yep. Like, but I did. <laughs> Still counts. <laughs> Still counts. Still I counts. got the flag. <laughs> so, yeah, I got all three of his flags, and I have no idea how I was supposed to get them, but I got them <laughs> through the web shell. <laughs> Because that's what you knew, right? <laughs> because it's what and I knew. It's like, listen, I, I have like 30 years or something of Linux experience. You give me a shell, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. Yeah. All right. My so my favorite CTF story is it was uh, Hope, I think Hope 11. And uh, I was on, I did a gig. I had to bail a friend out. So I did a gig late the night before. And it was, uh, he does a lot of Indian weddings. And when he does these Indian weddings, the DJ company that hires him has a kid there whose sole job is to help load in, load out, and during the event, bring booze to the DJs and stuff. Yes. He's doing God's work. Yes. It was great. He lifts You're, the heavy but, things and he brings you booze. You put a beer down and it's low, there's another one there. It yes. was amazing. nice. So yeah. after two hours of sleep... Uh, I went to do the EFF CTF at, at uh, Hope, and uh, I, I got the easy flags. And then I'm like, hmm, what's this one? This looks interesting. It was a brain fuck. Uh, oh, God. Yes. <laughs> and so I like I, I looked at this thing in brain fuck. And for some reason, I like I could see the matrix. <laughs> and I threw all the beer. Off. And I got it and I went up. I'm like, is this right? And he just looked at me, looked down at the stack of Yubi keys, which were the prizes, and just <laughs> up a fist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. That's nice. He, he, oh, my. my story coming into it. I'm like, man, I'm, you know, I gave him the backstory. And he's like, well, good luck. <laughs> yeah, right. You've had a lot to drink. So if you need a Yubi key, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like you need to set up another CTF. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Give away YubiKeys. <laughs> All right. So let's see. We've got 
Oh, you had a whole section on presentations. You want to go through your the, whatever presentations you wanted to talk about? I see there's some here from Bia. Um, so, like yeah. one I did at DEF CON, or yeah. all of them I did at DEF CON? Well, do you want to just talk about what you did this year? Yeah, sure. Um, so as you guys probably know, due to COVID this year, everybody is thinking... Um, oh, enough of this COVID nonsense. Oh, sorry, <laughs> right? Um, everybody's like, hey, should we go vote in person or vote by mail? What are the pros and cons? How do I do it? What do I do? I'm going to do both. Our president says don't use mail-in ballots, but all the experts say use mail-in ballots. What do I do? So um, I dedicated my talk this year. Um, I did this talk called Election System, Can We Fix It? Yes, we can. Um, at all different places, like even Romania um, spoke internationally. It was really cool. And after that, this year, I'm like, I already did my election system, can we fix a talk at DEF CON? Let's do one on voting by mail because that's what everybody's talking about. So I went over and um, went over some myths and some problems and some solutions, what to do, how voting by mail works, um, a few problems with voting by mail and how it's rigged in some ways. And it's just like, oh, it's not awesome. rigged. Well, not rigged. <laughs> How people think it's rigged. Yeah, how people think it's rigged. And yeah. Cool. Cool. And those talks are on BSILAP.com under past talks. There are links to all their talks yep. there. And we'll have a link. We'll have a link at least to the one you're referring to in the uh, the show notes of this show. I see you have them included there. The thing here. And also her very first talk, which was at Besides Delaware, is also on her website. That was the first talk I did ever did at the first conference I've ever been to. So that oh was boy. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. It was all about ciphers and that sort of fun stuff. Pink oh, pencil. I was, I think, I think maybe it wasn't the first one you did, but I know me and my daughter sat through one of your presentations on ciphers. Did you do it that more than once wrong. at B-Sides? Cause... Yeah. Cool. And what else? That I guess that's all. Next. <laughs> yeah. Next. <laughs> uh, so one of the talks that were most talked about at DEF CON, other than the one that disappeared that's no longer on the internet, um, was the Whispers Among the Stars, which for 300 bucks in hardware, you can go through and listen into satellite traffic. And it's only a, about a 45-minute pre-recorded video. Nice thing is that all the talks are already online. You're yeah. not having to worry about waiting six or nine months. So you could go attend DEF CON by just jumping on to the YouTube channel and start watching. So I would definitely take a look at that one. Uh, again, it was called Whispers in the Stars. And uh, the TLDR is that when there is information going to and from satellites, when they're sending data back down to uh, the recipients, they send it in a cone to where there is a huge area that other people can pick up the P, uh, TCP traffic. And for just dirt cheap hardware and a little bit of software, you can receive that too. So they are getting things off of uh, cruise lines. They are getting that off of airplanes. They are getting that off of uh, all sorts of places, which was really interesting to me. 
I'd imagine the cone would be because it's hard to pinpoint where your target is. So if you can so blank just... it two miles or something, <laughs> yep. you're sure you yep. hit it. And no one's going to be listening, right? Right. <laughs> Security <laughs> by obscurity never works. Exactly. Wait, what? It doesn't? Yeah, right. <laughs> I got to go. Screw. I need to go change something. <laughs> I got to go change my locks. <laughs> I have to go install locks and passwords. Yeah, right. Log in, add logins. I just made my usernames really complex. Isn't that good enough? <laughs> sure. <laughs> ah. <laughs> All right. So, any other talks? I see there's a couple other things in here. I don't know which ones you've touched on. So, the talks from coworkers uh, in here. Let's see. The, uh, another one of their coworkers went through and was doing a hardware hacking 101. Really cool talk on the Linux that runs inside of a wireless SD card. So, not connected with work whatsoever. But you know how you can have the Wi-Fi cards that have the SD that you can plug into your uh, your cameras then, and then it uploads it to whatever given site. Yeah. It's actually a tiny Linux running on there. And he tells you how to be able to disassemble it and make your own uh, and manipulate it. Because really I, cool talk. Because I want my SD card to run the distro of Linux I like. <laughs> because you can. Right? Because I can. I want, it, I want it to run on Fedora, damn it. <laughs> is, is that a Linux in your camera or is it just the SD card? Right. That's crazy. I didn't even I didn't know these existed. So you're saying it's an SD card that has a wireless chip and a and a small operating system built into it. Yep. So the, so the Legit. SD card is then able to send the data to like an open Wi-Fi access point or you can program it uh, depending on which model that you get. Uh, you can say connect to this Wi-Fi and then it'll go through and transmit it, hook it up to your either your local machine or to like Facebook, Twitter, whatever else. That's kind of insane. It's yeah, I've really seen cool. wedding photographers use those, and they they live during the reception. They live photo, and then they post them up on the screens. Oh, so, really cool! Yeah, I, I guess yeah. I could see how that's useful. Like from from my perspective, it's pulling the SD card out of the camera to unload my pictures is really not that much of a problem. So I don't really need them to upload automatically. But I guess right. I can see the use case for it. It does make some possibilities, uh, right? During during the actual wedding. They're, they're just dumping them straight to their laptop. You know? I mean, it makes sense, right? So if you're a photographer and you're taking a billion pictures at a wedding, um, SD cards are only so large, and you're trying to get the most pictures you can at the highest resolution you can, and eventually your card's going to fill up, right? Mm -hmm. So if they're, like, periodically dumping to the laptop and clearing off the card, you you have an endless, uh, <laughs> endless storage, right? Until your laptop yeah. fills up. They would also <laughs> have consistent editing of a video to play during the reception also yeah right so that's pretty cool. photos during the reception you know it's stuff like that is how they the photographers can set themselves apart i've i've done some pretty fast editing for various things that i work on i couldn't imagine being under that much pressure though <laughs> we need this Ra video random yeah well random slideshow. <laughs> like random slideshow from the pictures taken at the wedding right yeah right mm -hmm. right it just and hope that you didn't accidentally take a really bad picture of somebody yeah like oops i got a picture of the bride's dress while she was putting on the garter <laughs> be real careful nope <laughs> yep Awooga. yeah Awooga. yeah all right. So I'm I'm actually surprised that DefCon is hosting their videos on YouTube. I thought there was a whole bunch of trouble with YouTube and the InfoSec community. All right. So uh -huh. 
There is lots of trouble with the InfoSec community. They keep on threatening to take more and more of them offline. They've gone through and just shadow banned a bunch. Mm -hmm. Um, Their stuff has stayed up. And in addition to that, that's why not only did they put it on YouTube, they're streaming it live on Twitch, but they also have their own torrent. And I don't know about you, while I've been downloading Linux for a very long time, my ISP is not too keen on torrenting. So I've always avoided it. Yeah. DEFCON is the one time a year that I typically go through, set up a VPN, and then will uh, grab whichever media is on their torrent because they have a lot of awesome data. So it's out there available if you don't want to endorse YouTube or get the AdSense revenue or uh, feed into the machine that is YouTube. Yeah. Go check out the torrent instead. Yeah. We had this conversation just the other day, so I don't feel like rehashing it, but uh, yeah. YouTube is one of those necessary evils for a lot of people just because mm-hmm. it is the place to to do put to put your videos. But I know that InfoSec sort of in droves has left it, you know. Just well, I mean, they're deleting people's videos and they're giving right. them, you know, strikes against them and banning their accounts and whatever because they're hackers, they're criminals, quote quote. And it's not just your YouTube channel, it's your account. So if you're locked out of your account, I don't know about you, but my Google accounts are pretty damn old. Yeah. And if you don't have a backup of that and you get locked out, yeah. you're kind of SOL. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it nukes your whole Google account? It, they will lock you out until they reviewed it. So all the pictures I've uploaded of my kids to my Google account? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, good Lord. I got to fix that. Ah, cash, you parry the platypus. This, this is, and, and I get the feeling we're going to have a conversation about this during the news because we have a couple things that are very privacy related <laughs> in the news. Um, but, uh, this is, you know, flashback 10 years ago when the cloud was just picking up steam and there were people like us that were like, this seems like a really bad idea to give all of our data to a third party. Uh, Well, here we are. (laughs) We've arrived. We've, we're here. That third party can say, you know, you look kind of like a criminal, but we're not sure. So we're just going to lock you out of your account for an indeterminate amount of time until we decide that you're not or that you are. Oh, are we talking about Google? Are we talking about Apple? Or are we talking about Amazon? Yeah, right. Pick or, one. Or, <laughs> or Facebook or, you know. Yeah. Well, since it's all about me, I'm talking about Google because that's where my pictures are. Right, right. <laughs> oh. I if I had the money, I could just start my own uh, video sharing thing for a security community. Let's do that. So there's a couple of them that are out there. They're starting to get some steam. Um, I've seen a couple fail hard though too. So like OpenTube, I'm like, hey, I'll throw my site on there and my videos and great. And then they just disappear. Yeah. And, and then they come two back. Other guys. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's the thing is right. When you're looking to be able to spread content or uh, be discovered, it's one deal versus if you already have a following or you're creating a following and you say, let's go to this certain site. Like an example that I talked to you about, Nate, was library. Yeah. There are some uh, Linux folks that are going to that. Great. There are some uh, some infosec people that are going to it, but then there's the oh, it's because it's built on X Y Z. I'm not going to touch it, or right. it, it just comes down. Can't to touch what, this. Yeah, we've had way too few music bumps, Uncle Mark. Come on, yeah, they haven't you haven't sang nearly enough. To the cloud, to the cloud, I put all of my shit up there, and if I get banned. I'm <laughs> my wife will kick my ass because the pictures will all be gone. 
I need to get Mark on his own audio channel because there's going to be somebody that tells me about how their ears hurt when he started screaming into his mic today. <laughs> I own a anyway. I feel bad say, headphone users. <laughs> They've already thrown them out the window. They yeah, are. right. And and Josh instigated me. I did. Oh, I totally. Guess, and I feel like we've gone totally off topic. We have a little bit. Yes. And now, and now his microphone has ducked itself from all the. It yelling. seems, yeah, it seems like your microphone has been like, "Oh crap, I made her adjust." Oh, <laughs> now you're quiet. Up yours, Fedora. Let me fix that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I it's here to help. <laughs> I am Kane. I will help. Now Let's you're see. all better. All right. So, um, since yeah. we're since we're totally off uh, off topic, uh, was there a, what else did we want to cover on the DefCon front? Because I think we've been at this like an hour at this point. Uh, Bia so, wants an hour and five. <laughs> Bia wants Bia speak. Sorry, Bia wants the what? Mention her contest that she ran this year. Okay, let's hear it. Well, actually, I'm going to preface it with last year at the Blue Team Village, she built a small business network. And nobody was able to hack into it. Nice. People tried. They tried. I, I remember always... you talking about that. You talked about that at DEF CON. Right. Like, not not our local DEF CON group. You're right. Yep. The night I met you, you were talking about that. Yeah, so yeah. I've, I've always wanted to make a CTF, or quote-unquote CTF, for either either DC610 or like a real security conference, where it's like, it's totally a CTF, and not actually hide any flags and just lock everything down as tight as I can and see if anybody gets in. <laughs> I've always yeah. wanted to do that. <laughs> and then this year, um, because of all the election stuff, she brought out her secure open vote election reporting system. And... Um, okay, so um, this year I had to... Um, brain fart, sorry. So... <laughs> I um, built my own election reporting system for, if you can see in my background, the purple thing. It's secure open vote, like I mentioned earlier. Um, the first thing I hacked at DEF CON 26, uh, to give you a little background, at DEF CON, DEF CON 26, bleh, I'm tired. At DEF CON 26, um, they built a mock election reporting system for us kids to try and hack using SQL injection. <laughs> it was very easy, which was very scary. Um, I got interviewed and Congresswoman Mickey Sherrill of New Jersey invited me to go to a congressional hearing on election security. So I got to go to that and just see everything. Um, and that really inspired me to, Hey, the election system is horrible. What if I make my own election system secure open vote? Um, so this year, I wanted to start with the reporting system. So it's a server running Ubuntu 2004 uh, with an Nginx Docker-hosted Docker container. Yeah, you realize um, you're surrounded by, surrounded by Red Hatters, right? <laughs> you just told us you're running Ubuntu. That's okay. That's okay. It's okay. Go for it. Keep yeah. on going. Yeah. Open source for the win. Um, yeah. We scripted the um, the whole entire build in Ansible to make it easy. There you go. And um, yeah, so 
Grim helped us out with the hosting and some additional security stuff. Um, I built the site for the reporting system in HTML myself. It's super simple. It's like super crisp, clean. There's no hidden back doors or anything that can be manipulated during the election. All super secure and unlike um, ESNS and Dominion, I'm not hiding my source code from anyone. I'm like, Hello, hackers! Hack it! Like, actually try to hack it and see if you can hack it. And Wait, no I don't, I don't understand something you said. So if there's no back doors, how do we fix the election? <laughs> <laughs> it's the other kind of fix she's working on. <laughs> yes, yeah, so nobody was able to change the election results, and they tried like hell. Yeah. And cool. we've got three gigs of logs or three terabytes so i don't know they give us all big huge a lot compressor. a lot of logs, a lot of logs. <laughs> nice. i mean three gigs That's is a awesome. lot of logs to parse three terabytes it might as well be <laughs> <laughs> i think it was three gig it was big so That's uh, crazy yeah it's, it's pretty fun but yeah no one was able to do it so the goal is next year we're going to take the um the the next web connected thing in an election system which would be your um, uh, voter registration system. We're going to put one of those together. The ultimate goal is we're hoping we can run an actual election. During DEF CON next year in person. That's pretty um, cool. Yeah, I also want to, since I've been doing the voting by mail stuff, I kind of want to do a voting by mail alongside an actual like election during DEF CON to see which My Little Pony is going to be president. My little pony, my think, little pony. I think that uh, I vote for Pony Pie for president. Who's the Who's the one with Who's Rainbow Dash? She's my favorite. There's an awesome music video of Rain uh, with. Uh, oh, I gotta find that now. And it's a, and he's gonna start singing it. So, so what do we What do we have Show to do? What do we have to do to get election year 2024 on uh, on Bia's voting system? As Mark sings, it looks up his Rainbow Dash song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, getting everything built by then isn't a problem. It's getting it all approved and all that yeah. stuff. So, so I guess that, that's that is kind of the question. Like, how does somebody get into that industry, right? So say you de say you design the most awesome election system ever, right? How do you even then get into the industry? Because it seems yeah, like that's not the edge. designing. It's the easy part. Yeah. Not to say anything, and and designing it might not be easy, but designing it's the easy part in that situation. I suspect your, your hard part is convincing people to uh, to do it. Your mic's going the mic opposite way now, Mark. Oh, it's like you're over. <laughs> so what what I would propose on that My is that you start totally with your, judging me. You start local. Instead of looking to go to the the national side, you start with your local um, city council or something like that. Start building that out, and then be able to start uh, getting more buy-in. Is what my two cents would be. Yeah, it's, uh, that does seem like logical, right? Yeah, it's it's a lot of who you know in the in the government space, and we have friends who have friends that are gonna connect via with the right people and stuff. Yeah, it's all about publicity and getting the word out and making people you know, want it. And so the thing, yeah. as I understand it, the election system now, or at least the way votes are cast, there's no one solution, right? Every state has their own, decides what they're going to do. Right. Yeah. So you'd almost have to design it in such a way that, that it's still modular like that. 
Exactly. Right. So like say you're tallying them, but 48 states don't use your system. You still have to have some way to tally that and get it. Well, in, you know, yeah. Well, but remember, know. there's no such thing as a federal vote, right? Oh, you're All the right. votes are right. in the individual I'm, states. You're right. You're right. They just tally them up. And there's, okay. I, I never so the, really uh, thought too hard about how this infrastructure works. I guess it's just each state has a tally. Hey, here's our total. Right. Yeah. So so I'm going to introduce you to this little thing called the Constitution one of these days. It's an interesting read. But no, no. <laughs> Sounds boring. <laughs> it, it can be, but it's really important. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's the uh, there's the the YouTube video I'm talking about. Oh, did you put and, it somewhere? Oh, I threw it in the Zoom chat and I threw it in the YouTube chat. Oh, OK. It's pretty awesome. Featuring Rainbow Dash. Has my YouTube and, chat stopped updating? Because I don't see it. Uh, oh, nobody else has commented at this point. OK. Yeah, it's me and Trooper with the occasional Josh in there. Okay. All right, so we've gone on for more than an hour on our main topic, as usual. Um, anything, anything last, any last words here about DEFCON? Oh, you had a thing you wanted to say about burner phones and the whole stigma about electronic devices. Right, right. Prepping so, to come to DEFCON, right? So everybody uh, freaks out about going to DEFCON and bringing their cell phone. Um, they... The government does have a bunch of squids out there and they figure out who's there and all that crap. But the bottom line is the reason to bring a, a burner phone to DEF CON is because you're going to meet a whole bunch of new people and you'll want to get together with them later. So it's a great way to just be like, oh, here, let me send you a text from this phone I don't care about. That isn't my personal you know, phone I use all the time. Um, and then you, know, you don't have to worry about sharing your private number with a bunch of strange computer security people who may end up to be creeps later you never know never that doesn't happen and in this industry it's vegas you might meet a hooker <laughs> right right <laughs> so depending on uh if you've got the 30 bucks to go get a, a cheap android burner phone now that's not much if you don't have that you could also go with the uh uh let's see the mint mobile cards super super cheap it's based on t-mobile you pop out your SIM card after you've backed up your phone, do a factory wipe on that bad boy, yeah. plug in the burner just SIM card so you don't need a burner phone. You could just go burner SIM. Yeah, I was going to say, some some people go as far as to buy a phone that they're going to trash after DEF CON. And I always thought that that was a bit too far, right? So, like, right. everybody probably has an old cell phone laying around. This one I use to take pictures through my daughter's telescope. That's all I use it for. I could easily pop a SIM card in this and take it anywhere, right? Yep. But um, I, I could imagine that there could be a world where at DEF CON, the hardware of your phone is somehow, you know, maliciously infected with something. It, like, is it that level of, of hostile there? In a so, world where people can magically hack ROMs. Right. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, man, I see it as if you go in with your devices wiped, factory wiped, yeah. You go to DEF CON, whether it's your cell phone, your tablet, and or your laptop that you're taking, because you should be taking electronics to DEF CON so you can go learn. If you don't take electronics, you will uh, cut down the ability of you being able to be involved with DEF CON. Yeah. So do take them. Take the step of backing up your data, wiping it, grabbing a, an SSD or, um, or an SD card in your phone matter, back everything up, and take it off. Yeah. So... If you're going to actually buy a burner phone, don't trash it. Take out the SIM card, throw the SIM card away. Keep the SIM card with your battery out in the Faraday bag if you're going to go with that tinfoil hat and 
put it away into your DEFCON bag for next year. Next year comes around, you plug in a new SIM card, and yeah. hey, look, now we're recycling things instead of trashing things. Right, right. Yeah, and same thing goes for a laptop. Like, you don't need to bring a $8,000 laptop to DEFCON. I always use the junky free laptop I got from some old job that they were going to throw away, install Linux on it, and off you go. And that way you don't have to worry about leaving it on the table, dropping your backpack, leaving your backpack somewhere. Like, I've never done that Having before. it get stolen. Right. Yeah, oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's just done. So. Yep. Cheap Lenovo's are great. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead there, Eve. And, and, and you can cover it with stickers. You yeah, can cover right. it with stickers. Your old Lenovo's cost you like 200 bucks. Nice. Uh, like 200 bucks on uh, New Egg refurbished. Um, or you can go through and... Uh, I've seen people compete in CTFs with just a Chromebook. Yeah. A Chromebook has no guts. You're literally pivoting someplace else yeah. and running it there. So you don't need much to go. And I think everybody should go to DEF CON. I really, at, that was one of the things I was surprised about this year is that there have been people talking to me, it's, it's too expensive, I don't have the time off. When it came to physical DEF CON versus the online DEF CON, uh, in person last year, we had 30,000. Uh, in person this year, there were 20,000 people who signed up and who were there over the weekend. Uh, those were unique. People who were live chatting in the chat rooms and in the video rooms were anywhere from 5,000 to 10,000 people at any given point in time. Yeah. Wow. Insane. I did actually check it out. So I guess I can technically say I've been to DEF CON now. Yeah, I, I I joined I joined the Discord and I and I uh, uh, I watched one or two talks, um, but then I didn't have time to do anything else because I had stuff going on. <laughs> but I did try it out. I did try it out. So nice. I'm 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 not I'm not even gonna say that I have I have even experienced what is DefCon by by attending two talks on uh, DefCon Safe Mode. <laughs> <laughs> Well, LineCon is still open, so if you want to get in early, if you have already got access to the DEFCON Discord, yeah. that is still open, and they're doing like weekly uh, watching of older videos, Wait, so you can so still get on there and chat with other people. So I could like hang out in LineCon until next year? Yeah. Absolutely, man. <laughs> I mean, like I said, it's our hyperspace Line went two or three days before. Yeah. LineCon will live on. Yeah, nice. All right, well, unless there's any other thoughts about DEFCON, I think we're going to go to our... Uh, Oh, you, yep, yep, the button. So we will we'll push the proverbial red button, even though there isn't one anymore. <laughs> it's red now. I thought it was purple. Put a purple button. I'm sorry. I meant I meant to say purple. Uh, I'll edit that out later. No, I won't. <laughs> There's not a chance. There's not a chance. I'll edit that later. <laughs> Are you kidding me? All right. So all right. So cool. Yeah, he'll um, edit it. I'll yeah. edit it. Yeah, I mean, the editing at this point comes down to putting the proper transmission, tr yeah, transition music in because we don't get it on the recording now anymore. <laughs> All right, so let me switch you guys back to the the view. Oh, now is a great time to mention. <laughs> We're promoting a couple of conferences. I don't know if you guys remember a couple months back, we talked to, um, now I'm blanking on the Earlier this March. Yeah, earlier this March, we talked... <laughs> to what the heck was his name chuck chuck gaiman that the chuck author gaiman. from manning publishing um, he was out on march 65th i think yeah right right so manning that is his publisher 
they're they're hosting two conferences coming up in September on October. One is Rust Conference for anyone who likes to program in Rust and wants to attend Rust Conference, and the other is a Women in Tech Conference. And both of those, uh, there will be links in the description of the show. Though because of my mess up at the beginning of this, they're not in the description of the YouTube oh, video. Oh no! I'm sorry. So you'll just have to check out ironsysadmin.com later and get the. Uh, the I know, Bia. It's it's hard. Bia seems very very upset by that. So. Yeah. She gave you a double thumbs down. I see double thumbs down. <laughs> double thumbs down. Nate, Nate's fault, not mine. <laughs> totally. All right. So we're going to go to a, a break for a minute, and then we'll be back in a little bit. Let's talk about Rust. September 15th at the Live at Manning Conference. In one rustful day, go from ways to learn it and where and how to use it, from game development to aerospace and beyond, right from the pincers of expert rustations. Check the show notes of this show to find out more. folks and we're back uncle mark has decided to eat some very crunchy chips so we're sorry i have chips salsa. <laughs> we're sorry you can't hear the salsa but you can hear the chips we're sorry if there's crunchy salsa chip stuff going on <laughs> uh, that's not your headset yeah or your headphones staticky that's just chips right bia has run off <laughs> but i'm guess, almost done i guess it's bedtime and now we're joined by pizza cat pizza galaxy cat <laughs> All right, so this is the part of the show where we give you some announcements. So I already told you guys about the conferences that we're promoting, but they're in the announcements, and that's where you'll find them in the show notes if uh, you want to go and learn more. Uh, but Would I you do like wanna... to know more? Right. Like... I do want to give a, give you our usual Patreon update. We are officially just over halfway to that mixer I want to buy. We have like 370-something dollars, and we need 600. Yay! So uh, since our last nice. show, the last you know uh, a chunk from patreon came in and we got we're over halfway now so uh, i don't know it might be three four months and then we'll be we'll be jamming on a new mixer that i'll have to learn how to use and i'll probably screw up a number of shows i'll have to bring heave over here to teach me how to use the damn thing oh dear just start pressing buttons just start pressing knobs I, under, I understand there's knobs involved yeah there's knobs this one's not this one will have knobs and sliders oh Right. Not the tasty little hamburgers, point, no, though. Not the tasty little hamburgers. The kind or the that fun make... sci-fi show where they did where they jumped to parallel right. Earths with Gimli. With Gimli, that's right. <laughs> You've got my axe <laughs> and my dimension hopping device. <laughs> All right. So anyway, we've got three new patrons since our last show. So thank you to Robert, Matt, and David. Uh, and then, of course, our usual patrons, Solemn, Irwin, Trooper Ish, Linux, Sys666, Gimpy B, Ryan, Mark, with a K, uh, Dementor, our friend from PowerShell on Linux, uh, John the Nice Guy, Mark with a C, Julius, Andy, Jay, Charles, and 22532, who is still our longest-running patron. So if you want to dethrone him, you're going to have to go back in time and become a patron before him, because, or her, I don't know. I know nothing could, about this person other than that they've been a patron, and that's awesome. Now, the sliders <laughs> couldn't time travel, right? That was just dimension hopping. <laughs> it was just 
just a minute. You're thinking of Quantum Leap, that other show about going through portals. Yes. They went back in time. Yeah. <laughs> but he could only leap within his own lifetime, except for the couple of episodes where he could break that rule because of the script. Well, yeah, I mean, the script was important. <laughs> yeah, and the current funny joke I've seen about that lately is if someone's acting strange, ask them, are you Scott Bakula trying to make things yes, right? Yes, are you Scott That went Bacala? horribly wrong? How do we have to make yeah. things right today? Yeah. What a great show, Quantum Leap. Yeah, I, it's, it's, unfortunately, I was young enough then that uh, I didn't really get to watch a whole lot of Quantum Leap. But maybe I should go back and did it age well? Is it terrible now? Um, so the eh, it's um, <laughs> okay compared to Knight Rider or original Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> it's aged okay. It would fail. It, oh, I'm trying to remember. There's a couple of episodes right now where we're in such a sensitive time, it would be insta canceled by certain people. Oh, right, but. I think overall it's a great show. I think the good far outweighs the bad in it. Cool. So the only other announcement I had is uh, anybody who's watching us on the live stream will see that I have dug my old Iron Sysadmin t-shirt out of my, my t-shirt drawer because I happened to be cleaning out my t-shirt drawer and found it stuffed all the way in the back. You too can own an Iron Sysadmin t-shirt or sticker if you go to our Teespring shop. Also, in the I got to get me one of those. Totally, totally. Two weeks or two what, two episodes ago? One episode ago. We actually had somebody buy one. I was surprised by it, because that's how few people buy them. Come on, people. <laughs> I gotta get me one of those. <laughs> of course, in my defense, I had stopped promoting it, because nobody was buying them, and I thought I was harping on people. And, uh, you know. Well, basically, you're a terrible Wait, I didn't know that you played an instrument. Yeah, right, right. I, I play oh. the Please Buy My Teespring instrument. But I play it so badly that I don't like to let people hear me play it. See how I, I turned that say, around? If you were harping on it, the shirt's only available it. until Monday. Like, there's a countdown. Yeah, well, that's the way Teespring does stuff. Uh, they print in batches. So, normally, I think the way Teespring was originally done was you'd make these limited print uh, shirts, right? So, like, I have a thing coming up, or I have an event, or I have a thing I'm trying to promote, and I make a two-week run of my shirt, and then it's over, right? So... Eventually, they realized that they could keep getting money out of these things by not making them last seven days and cancel. So now they auto-renew. So what that's telling you is if you ordered it today, it would be printed in seven days because that's how they print them in batches. Uh, okay. So And then it just renews, and then you can do it again, right? Or if you miss that seven-day window, you can then just get into the I next seven-day window. right? So $4 dollars shipping! Well, you know, with... Uh, I mean, we... So I have, we have a post office right now. So yeah, right. Might as well I, use it. <laughs> I have I have a different vendor that I use for my Jeep channel. Uh, that I have a lot a much larger selection of stuff there as well. But they have a much larger selection of things you can print, and I actually like their model better. Um, but they don't work the same way as Teespring. They don't do the time to runs, and they don't host their own shop for you, right? So Teespring was like really low bar. But eventually, I'm going to switch Iron Sysadmin over to that one as well. But then I have to build a shop on ironsysadmin.com to host all the products. And I just haven't. No. It's it's work, and I haven't gotten to it. So for now, it's Teespring. And the, That's the fine. high shipping I, I'm not actually offended. I'll, I'll probably order a shirt soon. You're offended. I should, Admit it. I should own an Iron Sysadmin shirt. You should. You should. Um, 
Arguably. There's, I think there's coffee mugs too. I should get a coffee mug. There are coffee mugs. And I think I made a phone case once for probably some ancient There is a phone case. Probably for some ancient phone device that no one uses anymore because I made I'm sure it doesn't fit the iPhone XR. It's yeah, like I'm, it's for like an iPhone 6 or something. Yeah. <laughs> like it's an Samsung, iPhone 1 in my day. Samsung Galaxy S5. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so it's so but it's ripping some thunder. It's ripping some thunder and lightning right here. So if I suddenly yeah, vanish it, after you after you're done cheering, that that's why. I well, vanish. no, you can't vanish because if you do, I have to redo the Zoom or the OBS screen. So oh, don't well, drop because I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. I don't want to have to deal with that. No, the same storm came through here about an hour ago while we were doing the DefCon stuff. So oh, okay, <laughs> lost power. What's that? Kara lost power. He's out in the sticks. Isn't he in like Boston? Did he move back to PA? No. Yeah, he's he's I, at his. I lose, I lose track yeah. of that guy. Yeah, scarabtracker.com. Yeah, that's what we need. Scarab Tracker. He's been uh, he's been implanted with a chip. All right. So anyway, he got I his COVID vaccine, and he's yeah, got the chip in him. Right from Bill Gates. Um, I didn't I didn't see any new reviews. I didn't look that hard though. I probably should have. Sorry, we almost never get new reviews. So go Fail. ahead. And, go ahead and review the show unless you did in the past month and I missed it already. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and beyond that, that's all the announcements and reviews. So I got something going on Monday that I'm a little anxious about, and that's that I'm testing for the RHCE on RHCE Oops. eight, which um, nice. I did on rel six years ago. And it was the most fun I've ever had in an exam. I've said that before on this show. The Red Hat exams, and I'm not just, I'm, I've said this before I was ever a Red Hat employee. They are fun. I think they're fun because they're a challenge. You sit down and you're not just like filling in bubbles and recalling stuff from memory. You are like flat out doing system administration tasks. And they're not necessarily hard, but you got to do it purely on grit because you don't have Google. <laughs> right. However, the RHCE for RHEL 8 is all Ansible, and I don't know Ansible as well as I should, so I had to go through training, and now it's like, I feel more like I'm going into a programming exam than I am. There, Ansible for DevOps. That's <laughs> nice. Great. Um, I feel like I'm going into a programming exam, and I'm not a programmer, right? So I'm really kind of anxious about this. <laughs> so I'm probably going to spend my workday tomorrow, every chance I get, uh, practicing Ansible. So Wrong I did... When I bring your camera back? Yeah, right. That'll be too late unless I fail. What the heck was that? You just all of a sudden turned into an icon of Bia. That um, fingered muted my video. Oh, good of- job. Um, so in the show notes, I included today, I was looking around for a practice exam for the RHCE version 8, uh, which actually turned, it used to be the, the, the Ansible exam. There was an Ansible automation exam, which is practically identical to what the new RHCE 8 408, I think, RH408. 407. So yeah, I, 7, I 8, a, whatever you it were, takes. You were close. Uh, so I put a link to that practice exam in the show notes if anybody's interested, anybody else that's going through the RHCE prep and uh, you want a practice exam. It looked really thorough, and I feel better about it because having looked through it, I'm like, yeah, I know how to do that. There's like 75% of it I think I, I know well enough, and the rest I'm going to practice nice. tomorrow. <laughs> so that's awesome good luck on it because i'm in the same process right now to where i'm studying for it i've been using ansible on and off for years at this point uh one of the things that has helped me is that even during my my time off i went through and like okay i want to do something in my house with it so yeah 
uh, setting up OBS, setting up the laptops or new machines. The the newest win, in my opinion, was I wrote every or a playbook to be able to install all of my apps via Flatpak for Fedora. Yeah. Then I was like you and I discussed before the podcast where uh, different operating systems work better for different use cases. Mm-hmm. So I was trying uh, Pop OS to be able to make sure I could get NDI to work with uh, OBS. Long story short, a lot of acronyms there, but uh, different streaming uh, to be able to use an iPhone to stream to OBS on Pop! OS, which is based on Ubuntu. And I was able to point the same playbook, change the IP address, and since it's all flat pack, yeah. everything just worked out of the box. And I'm like, I am loving this. It's not just Fedora. It's not just Ubuntu. I can point this at any Linux now, and everything's happy-go-lucky. Yeah, yeah. I got to say that it does... So I did a lot of automation with Puppet when I was in my last role. And I really wanted to move to Ansible. It's just we were already so steeped in Puppet that it was just it was difficult to just go like, okay, all of it's going to go to Ansible now. So we started working on some newer stuff in Ansible. We didn't have a good management solution for Ansible. We didn't have Tower. We It was unlikely they were going to buy Tower at my last job, um, which is part of why I left. Not because they wouldn't buy Tower, but because of the, the mindset shift that happened above me. Um, but uh, yeah, Ansible is so much cleaner and simpler as long as you can accept that it's written in YAML, which I know a lot of people hate because yes. of the spacing uh, and the, like the <laughs> weird syntactical things. Um, but I lost a day and a half to not understanding yeah. uh, that you had to use spaces versus tabs. Uh-huh. I'm looking at the instructions. I'm looking at my code. It looks Why the freaking same. And then I copied and pasted <sighs> Son of a bitch, it works now. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it work? <laughs> yeah, Why right. do uh, you hate me? Because I'm a tab guy. Yeah, right. So, I mean, that's 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 annoying. And a lot of people had the same argument when we went to Python, right? Because Python has such yep. strict spacing well, requirements. Well, Ansible is essentially Python. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what it's really it running is. under there. Yeah, and YAML is like a... I don't want to say that it's Python adjacent, but it, I see a lot of YAML being used Why don't Python you want to say that? Because it's... I don't know that YAML is related to Python in any way. It's just another markup language. The two certainly are close enough that they shouldn't get married. Okay. We'll go with that. They're cousins. <laughs> and not distant cousins. They're close cousins. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. They're cousins <laughs> that if you see him kissing, that totally creeps you except, out. Except that one is just a little baby markup language, and the other one is a fully fledged, fully grown <laughs> programming language. Is that They're what still cousins. <laughs> They're cousins. One of them's generation. a little cousin, but. <laughs> YAML is not a programming language. Indeed. No. That's that's my point. <laughs> but where ya- Python and Ansible lurk, YAML's not far behind. Yeah. How about that? Okay. Okay. We can go with that. I, there's a, there's a ton of, of Python projects that use YAML, but there's a ton of Python projects that use XML or JSON or whatever. So, you know, whatever. All right. So anyway, that's what I got going on. Mark, you got anything fun going on? Yeah, I got a bunch of stuff actually. I see you got like a whole bunch of stuff in here. So my youngest, my son, he's um actually starting his freshman year and he's going to, he's going to go on campus. I, I know there's a lot of, uh, a lot of schools that the the students have blown it already and whatnot. Yeah, but he's he he's going to Stevens Institute of Technology in Hoboken, and and they're they're nerds, right? Hoboken. So they like yeah, Hoboken. <laughs> they like to solve problems uh, scientifically, 
And New Jersey, we make fun of New Jersey, but uh, Governor Murphy, he's a ball buster. He's like, you knuckleheads better behave in this state or I'm going to shut you back down. So so Jersey, despite being very populated, has actually been handling this coronavirus nonsense pretty well. Because they're run by a Nazi? No, that's Tom Wolf, actual Nazi in Pennsylvania. Come on, keep your Nazi straight. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Wow. I didn't mean to bring up, you know, Nazism on the podcast, but... But the way you, you were describing him, it sounded kind of like it was a very draconian law. Mm, no, <laughs> he just the Jersey, Jer, like Jersey's like that that uncle that gets a little bit drunk and he's got no filter, but he speaks truth. Okay, like like he calls you on your shit. Okay, and that's Jersey. They call you on your shit. They just they they're not polite. You know, does this dress make me look fat? No, it's your rolls a lard from eating donuts for too long that makes you look fat you know that's jersey <laughs> no now i get it this puts this puts jersey in perspective for me ah, it really does we've i've ah. always i've always living in pennsylvania my whole life i've always just looked at jersey as a bunch of rude slobs right <laughs> No, they're just straight shooters. I grew up in Jersey. In fact, they just are straight shooters. Okay. Uh, not, and not all of us are in the mafia, although there's this great story about my grandfather, my dad's dad, who almost ended up in the mafia, but that's for another time. Um, <laughs> this isn't going to be another Clayton Oosterhouse, is it? It could. So we're just going to avoid that for now. So anyway, he goes to Stevens this Saturday. Uh, he's going to be studying chemistry and he, I, I hope he has a great time. He's already, he's already met his roommate virtually uh, Ravi. Uh, the two, they seem to be two peas in a pod. So that, that should be fun. And other huge event this week, he handed in his Eagle application. In fact, the two of us dropped that off at council today. So cool. Oh, it's he's there's literally nothing else he has to do except have his Eagle border review, which will be a zoom call. And nobody fails their Eagle Border review unless they just go in and insult the people holding it. So the journey so, that started. So in other yeah. words, if he walks in and and someone on the Border Review says, does this dress make me look bad? God, he's, he's God. over. Is that it? And he was born in Jersey. Oh, and I got to have a talk before he leaves. Yeah. So so the journey that started, let's call it 11 years ago, uh, Ends with success. He, the dude got eagle, and wow, what a feeling! That's good. I, I I know I've told you this before. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but that's one of my greatest re regrets in the all of the years I spent in Boy Scouts is that I did not stick with it and get e and get eagle because I could have. I just got you know teenager oh, brain yeah. <laughs> and and, and many, fell out of it. Many of the scat, many of the scouts who I'm very close with, you know you get to know them like they're your own, your own kids over time. I'm like, ah, oh, they could have made it, but they don't. They're, they're still great. Like Harrison Ford's awesome, but he only made it to life. You know, that was our thing. There's no shame in being a life scout. Well, you know, I, I mean, the I Harrison feel, Han Solo, right? I feel a little better about my scouting career than I made it as far as Han Solo. Well, there you go. You're, <laughs> and you're so, so you're a little bit of a scoundrel, just like yeah. Han. Right. Right. I'm screwed. So, um, when I started, uh, you know, my whole scouting career, um, the guy who ran the Boy Scouts was like the Norman Rockwell scout leader. It was like they were camping. They were learning all the stuff. Everybody was doing all the Boy Scout stuff like Norman, Norman Rockwell painting, right? Okay. I got in there. I got one year with him, and it was fantastic. We did so much cool stuff. He retired, 
and the Boy Scouts in my town was taken over by the former mayor. Oh. And we literally had business meetings. You take the wow. minute, you're the treasurer, you're, and we would just sit at a table every time like it was a city council meeting. And we did oh. That's awful. Literally nothing. Yeah. My, my brother-in-law, this would be my, well, yeah, my sister's husband. Um, he's an Eagle Scout. And the way he describes. Not your cousin. Not my cousin. The way he describes his, his scouting life when he was a teenager, it's, it sounds very much like, I, I, the only way I can describe this is city boy scouting. <laughs> right? It's awful. Like if you put him and I at a campsite, I I don't want to speak like I'm some like outdoorsy woodsman survivalist guy, but you would see the difference in his scouting career versus mine. And I never made Eagle. Um, so, so your, your, your story, he just sort of <laughs> reminds me of that. <laughs> I'm so sorry because Not, we've, we've in, in my, my pack and then my troop, we've always had leaders who are like, you're supposed to do stuff in scouting that you can't do elsewhere. You're supposed, and yeah. you're supposed to camp and you're supposed to do yep. canoe trips. Yeah. They should be having an adventure and the planning and all those types of things, that stuff is important, but yeah. ultimately it's about, it's about the adventure. So I'm sorry that that was your experience, but so that was a, that was a huge milestone for the Richter family this week. Cool. Um, I meant to, I wanted to tell you about this. I think the last time I was on the, on the Iron Fist admin, I was working on this, but my daughter, Abby, she's my youngest daughter. She's 21. Mm -hmm. She's actually entering her senior year at Seton Hall. And she got herself a little bit of research money over this past summer. And I ended up helping her and her department set up a system on AWS running this open source package called Gromax, which essentially it, it run, they, they build these, models and stuff you know how 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 bruce banner figured out how to mutate people with radiation and shit well no they're not doing that but they're actually doing some work around figuring out how to how to create chemical reactions that will block covid so cool. right now i through the power of open source have helped my daughter set up a system that is right now as we speak grinding in the cloud and building models to help to to help determine a possible attack vector against COVID. So, Absolutely. yeah, that's a pretty cool feeling. That is Helping your cool. kid out, I, doing open source, and and yeah, I do remember you telling me about this, but I can't remember if it was on the previous show. Ah, I don't remember. I wanted to, but I think I maybe think I only worth, mentioned it briefly. I think it's worth mentioning again, even if you did mention it on the last show. That's pretty cool work. So I, I am curious because I, I don't know if anybody's interested or curious. Um, is there any way that if there's anyone listening that wants to help can help? Or is this literally just a thing that she has to do for school? So this is this and this is not something that she does for credit, actually. This is the lab she works for that she does lab work with. She did get, it's a weird thing, right? Because she's gotten some research credit from working with this lab, but she really likes working with them and it's a good experience for her. Right. Uh, the people who can help, honestly, every nerd who ever contributed to Fedora, every nerd who helped build the parts that became AWS, every nerd that's run Folding at Home because that's the engine, Gromax is the engine Folding at Home uses oh. that's helped get it better. That stuff has kind of led to moments like this where 
we as nerds can leverage our own skills. Like I was compiling from source. So all y'all who wrote how-tos that helped me learn to compile from source and use make and all that stuff years ago, thank you. This there is you now go. that, you know, so this is kind of my, this is kind of my way to give back. Cool. You know, and, and, and project even more power of open source. Yeah. It's running on an, it's running on a, on a Fedora AWS image because we needed the modern, we needed to be able to compile against some modern stuff. The, sure. the Red Hat and Amazon Linuxes were not right current enough. Right. So that's cool. If anybody doesn't know what folding at home is, go go check it out. But uh, I'm I. It's similar to if you remember the old distributed.net days where they were trying to crack algorithms, and then the old SETI at home days. Um, I don't know if, if folding at home is somehow adjacent to SETI at home or if that was like much a, like YAML and like YAML you know, and Python. Python. But but the the concept is that it's just it's distributed computing. You put a client on your machine and when you're not using it, it's crunching numbers or whatever. Uh, folding yeah. at home is one that has an actual project that is there specifically to try to help solve the conundrum that is coronavirus. I don't know how it and, solves it, but if I can throw CPU resources at it, then fine. Yeah, folding at home's been around for a while. Not necessarily just targeted at Corona, but at oh, other no, biological no. type right. things. Right, right. No, that's, stuff that, that's what I mean. Stuff these that I'm like, too dumb to understand. These are like, science has a problem that needs to be solved. And science! They, they need a lot of compute to solve it. And they throw it at something like folding at home. SETI at home was the same idea, where there was like packets coming from space and they needed things to analyze them. So let's find aliens. Them, right? let's, let's find aliens. So Sadly, while, we never did. While finding aliens is cool, I think finding a solution to coronavirus is a better thing. Or other uh, horrible things. Yeah. Find, finding aliens. Didn't we have a UFO sighting or something earlier this year? Because, I mean, this is 2020. I'm sure, I'm sure we did. So, okay. Uh, I'm sure, right. I, I've, I've heard that Tokyo has built a giant Gundam to be prepared for later this uh, this uh, this winter. I think the the aliens might just look and bounce though. I don't think they'd yeah, stick around. They'd be like, "Whoa, point. what? What are they doing?" No, no, I don't know. It, we'll come if, back if it's Pacific Rim. It's going to be in the middle of the ocean, man. So I'm uh, thinking Gundam is the right way to go. Yeah, Gundam is the way to go. <laughs> I love Pacific Rim. Um, a good movie. Good movie. Now, now, Josh. Um, on my next topic, are you also mm -hmm. a board gamer or am I confusing you with Skip? Uh, I think Skip is more of the board gamer fan. I've done some. Usually, if I'm playing board games, it's with my family, and then we put an hour mix on. So playing Sorry for an hour, then you put I'm Sorry or uh, from uh, Justin Bieber on <laughs> in the background. Or if you're playing Uno, you turn on uh, Uno by Little Big for an hour mix in the background. So... That's as far as I've gone. And then you want to hurt yourself? No, no, we're all having fun. The, the boys now <laughs> are going around and singing memes. I mean, there's hymns and there's memes. And the memes are fun, so. <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, I can't, yeah, I'm thinking skip then. Because sorry. I've been <laughs> listening to an hour of Justin Bieber's Oh, it's a remix. Don't I'm worry. Sorry. Oh, okay. It's a remix. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would not be in a sane mood at the end of that. <laughs> Because I've been uh, back, I was listening to the Chris Wright podcast the other day, and part of that was me talking about how I was playing EverQuest again. But what, what has really happened is that by the time I'm done working lately, I'm like, mm -hmm. uh, computer, piss off. Yeah. So I don't want to play computer games. My actual computer gaming has taken this dramatic dump. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. And instead, what I've been really doing um, for for gaming has been doing a lot of solo board gaming or co-op. If Josh wants to jump in, and there's this fantastic ser- this there's this fantastic solo game called Mage Knight. Okay. There was a re- there was a remake slash reskin of it by the same company called Star Trek Frontiers. Mm. I picked up the Trek game a few weeks ago, and it is awesome. In fact, the Google the Google album right there is a game that's happening right now, right here to my oh, right. That's cool. Um, and then I liked it so much that I picked up Mage Knight, which is going to be going off to Stevens with Josh. Cause he's like, can I take one of them? Cause they're very similar. I'm like, yeah, I guess Mage Knight's a little more complex, but I love the theme in track. And both of them are, both of them are really cool. They, so I'll, uh, I'll show you. Um, like here's a board cube that I might end up nice. fighting, but they use this hero click system. I don't know if you can see this where you can set the level of the enemy. So okay. you can legitimately scale the difficulty in the game by like, cool. okay, I, the default or a level, your first board cube is level five. The next one's level eight. Well, if you're, if you're winning too much, well, set them to six and nine or seven and 10. And, and that's cool. That is cool. So, yeah. So that's, that's a good time. I've been, I've been really, really uh, just gigging on the solo board gaming lately. Cause it's kind of cool. It is cool. And and what I found is that I can keep it set up on this table here. And even like during the middle of my work day, if I just need to turn away from the computer and just play a turn or two to clear my head, mm-hmm. it's, it's cool. I've actually done uh, something that's, that's is going to sound silly because of like the industry I work in and whatever. I don't like to read, right? I just never have. <laughs> I've never I've never sat down no. and just read novels. I've always done audiobooks. Um, mm-hmm. I find reading to be just a thing that I don't read extremely quickly. I don't know if everyone doesn't read quickly and I just think I read slowly. I don't know, but whatever. Um, but I've actually found that I'm enjoying reading now. I don't know why, but a, a month or so ago, a new novel from the Dresden Files came out and uh, I decided this time I'm just going to read it instead of getting the audiobook because I'm not driving like I used to and I'm at home more and, you know, I'm going to try this out, this reading thing that people have told me about. And I got through the book in like two weeks, which is nice. That's like crazy for me. I've never read a book that quickly. So I actually went back to the beginning of the series. Now that new book is book like 16 in the series. So I went back, oh, to, the, I went back to the first book and I started reading it again um, because, it's, well, there's another one coming out in a couple of months just because of the way things worked out. But usually you have years between releases of these books. So I thought I'm gonna go back and read them instead of doing the audiobook and just see if it's a different experience. So um, much like you're playing solo board games, if I need a break from work, I go out on the front porch and take my tablet with me and I read a book. Nice. So that that gives some nice color to your little snarkiness on the social media about there's only one Harry who's a wizard. Yes. <laughs> there's only and he one, ain't Potter. There's only one adult wizard named Harry, and his last name ain't Potter. <laughs> outstanding yeah that's awesome and yeah, so I, for what it's worth nate i've done the same thing for me i've been audiobooks for the longest time unless i find an awesome book it's hard to put down at that point my god but yeah it's stephen king i this is the, i i i'm a fan of paper myself and there's so. his ansible for devops book again <laughs> all right so I, I gotta plug one my favorite one up to this point in time 
is Damon by Daniel Suarez. There's a follow-up book called Freedom. Okay. Uh, it doesn't matter if you read it or if you listen to it. Uh, fantastic. Oh yeah, here's I found, I dug up my copy because I actually bought this to read on one of our cruises a few nice. years ago. Nice. I'm not that yes. far in. I guess I'll but, have to. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to look. It's this good. Up. It's fun. I actually restarted so, it because the, I had to. I still have the open organization the sitting on my shelf over there that I haven't read yet. That's a that's a nice quick one. Yeah, it is. Yep. So, um, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about, Mark? Because you, you Dude, always, I feel like I already to took a long time. <laughs> but uh, you're using Brave now. I Woo! am. I I'm using Brave because I got so tired. I like to listen will. to like like some music mashups and things like that. And I was getting so tired of ads, like literally in the middle of a lyric. I'm like, this is bullshit and I'm not paying YouTube premium. So, so a certain little birdie who's on this, uh, who's on this podcast said, you're going to use this thing called brave. And yeah, we had a beautiful, we had a little conversation about that because I do run a YouTube channel that pays me ad revenue. (laughs) And now you're getting around it. <laughs> but I don't, not, not look, I, don't I listen to your I don't podcast. Look at your YouTube <laughs> right. channel. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> no, I'm, not a Jeep, I'm not a Jeeper. <laughs> I mean, I own a Jeep, but I just drive it on the road. Yeah, it's really not the same thing, the, the thing you own. Yeah. So, so no, I mean, honestly, I run ad blockers all over the place too, so I can't blame you. But, uh, so you're a hippopotamus. When you were, when you were talking specifically about blocking YouTube ads, it made me, it made my brain go to, I wonder what happens then. Does YouTube track it as AdSense and the creator still gets paid or are you jipping creators? So <laughs> I would be interested to find out if you want to do an experiment there. I, I'm up for it because, you know, Let's get Bia on it. So what? Let's get Bia on it. She can figure that out. No, I mean, I'm thinking I could, I could make smarter than all of us. I could make like a video that is, uh, that is private or unlisted so that other people don't see it. Cause the, the analytics don't let me see like this user got you three cents, right? It's like this video has been watched a billion times and it got you three cents. Which is not too far off from the actual algorithm, right? <laughs> so I am curious, right? So if I made a video that no one else could see, and I sent you a link, and you watched the whole thing through, got no ads, would I then get, you know, a penny from it or whatever? It is and then at that point, do the same thing again, but watching the ad and see the difference. Right, right. Curious. It would be. Don't know, but I like Brave. It works. Yeah, no, I don't. Ads. I don't blame you. I just <laughs> for the for the content creators, find another way, like Patreon, yeah, or buying a shirt, or yeah, other ways the, to be able to help your. The problem is, like in certain niches, that works great, right? Like you're like, oh, I've got a, I've got a Patreon. Go, you know, and and you've got a fan base that will pay for you what you're doing. Um, but it, I have not found that in the automotive niche, unless you are a huge name, right. Mm-hmm. Nobody gives you money because they're all okay. too busy paying for that car in their garage. <laughs> they're all too busy but, pouring money into a race car or a, yeah. or a, a Jeep or whatever, right? They're all cheap. <laughs> so I was going to say, but, at so, that point, that's why you just never get into cars and you just continue to invest back into the home and your tech and everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But see, that there's a saying, right? And this goes for most automotive industries. Uh, if you get your children 
into racing or into mm-hmm. off-road or into owning Jeeps, they won't be able to afford drugs and alcohol. So win. <laughs> we say that about Magic the Gathering. <laughs> right, <too>. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move this along. Um, Jay Scott, you got anything cool going on you want to talk about? Uh, check out the the show notes. There's a cool project that I'm following and or building this weekend, which is how to use a Raspberry Pi as a network sensor. Um, it's from the Active Countermeasure guys, same yeah. guys who do the Black Hills Information Security. Good guys. Uh, complete video on how to do it, and then uh, how to build it with a Raspberry Pi 4. Uh, with that, I'll leave it. That's cool. Go check it out. That's cool. So is this like a... Uh... You say by a, a sensor, do you mean like a, a honeypot type thing or? Uh, actually meant, so I've got mine partially built. Okay. Um, it's all in pieces right now. But what it's meant to do is for you to be able to install Rita. And then you put this as uh, together with a small managed network switch uh, to where you're going to use it as a tap. Yeah. So for me, I'm going to be, uh, the only reason why I have multicolors in the background are those are the five light bulbs I have in my house that are IoT on their own separate network. Okay. I want to find out exactly what traffic is going yeah. and calling back home. Yeah. That's what this is for. And so then it's, since it's already on a separate network, I now want to see what's going on. So I'm now deep diving into network uh, PCAP files and all that jazz. That's a pretty cool little project. So oh. that should be fun. So Heave, you didn't put anything in the notes. you have anything fun going on you want to talk about? Wow. Man. Aside from uh, Pizza Galaxy Cat. <laughs> Those of you that are listening to this audio only, you're like, why does he keep saying Pizza Galaxy Cat? <laughs> keep him uh, guessing. Project, Project-wise, project right now, we're just starting to gear up for the next Cure Open Boat project. Yeah. So it's the, you know, uh, um, voter registration system, but the... That's not the hard part of this problem. The hard part of the voter registration problem is testing it for DEF CON because how do we keep 30,000 hackers from registering to vote 60,000 times, which is yeah. fine, you know, because that'll test the system's ability to it's handle it. more like a vote. load test, yeah, than a security yeah, test. Like, we, wanna, we want people to be able to go and vote. So, like, okay, right. you register to vote. So now you're going to show up at DEF CON and you're going to actually vote. So we have to like make poll books and um, be a system runs parallel uh, analog and digital. So you, we have a digital poll book and we have an analog backup and we have your, you do your actual vote with a pen or a rubber stamp. We haven't figured that out yet. Not a big deal on a piece of paper. So a hand marked paper ballot. And then that is fed into a, a scanner but then we do a risk limiting audit on it. So we're both hand counting the ballots and digitally counting. So like just trying to solve, solve those little problems. That's our biggest, our biggest grind these days. Nice. And I sounds guess like I, fun. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I guess year. I'll, I'll ask you the same question. Is there, if there's someone listening right now, that's like, I want to help with that. Can they, is there a thing? Yep. Can they reach out to you on Twitter or something or wherever? Uh, on Twitter at Secure Open Vote and on the internet, if you're on the internet, uh, <laughs> the, the secureopenvote.com. Okay, cool. Um, and there's there's either an email form on there or an email address. I can't remember which. So if, uh, if you want to toss those links into the show notes, I'll make sure they get onto the show notes when it gets published. And then Doing people... It. 
can just go check them out there if they are busy driving or something and can't write that down. Driving for, during COVID times. Driving in their brains, right? Driving in their brains. Well, I don't know. I don't know how it is where you are, man, but where I am, there's still plenty of driving going on. <laughs> I went to, uh, where did I go? I don't know, Edison or something like that. And it was normal traffic. It was insane. Yeah. I was expecting like a nice, easy cruise. I'm like, where are all these people going? <laughs> now, I really think that the American public are just getting sick of this. And they're starting to not care. Just yep. a little. Yeah, just a yep. little. I'm like, I'm, I'm getting sick of it too, right? But I'm still being careful. Maybe not as careful as I was back in... February, when all this was new, or March, I guess, when it all started, and we were all very afraid of whatever was going around. But as communities aren't like falling over dead, right? People are like, this can't be that bad. I don't see like like the dead in the streets or anything. <laughs> right? So I bring think, out your dead. <laughs> yeah, I think I think people are starting to get cynical of the whole thing. And I mean there were people that were cynical of it from the beginning, which didn't really help anything, but but I digress. <laughs> so, uh, as as of this morning, on a, I'm on another Facebook sabbatical, by the way, because it got like I was I was slowly dipping my toes back in, and now it's like, oh my god, what that? No, no, you people are monsters. Sorry, I won't I won't go into that too deeply because it's going to make me angry, and we'll end up talking about politics. I talked say for okay, uh, amazing psych well two psychological warfare classes. Holy shit, is that stuff scary? And, and Facebook is the ultimate sniper rifle for that. Yeah. Yeah. You can literally target an ad at 60 to 65-year-old white males living in this small, tiny town yeah. who are retired or you know whatever. Whatever little detail you want, you can snipe an ad at them, and it costs you like five cents. Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, Facebook they're... ads are ridiculously affordable. Right. Um, I have found that with the things that I have tried to promote via Facebook ads, they don't, they don't get much return. I don't know if it's me <laughs> or so. I'm bad at this. I don't know. <laughs> but I've, I've tried to promote my, my YouTube channel and those products I sell for that other YouTube channel through Facebook ads. And I never get a response. Never. And they're targeted right at, right at the demographic. But you're right. You can be like, you know, I want people from from Alabama in this in this age range that have visited my site and... <laughs> You know, like all that stuff. And uh, it's it's scary when you think about the fact that they have that data, let alone oh, yeah. let alone that I can target at that data. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they run and they run all those stupid. Um, what what I don't know what what kind of pancake are you or whatever those things that people do. Yeah. And in that whole thing, there's just one or two questions that they really want. And the rest of it's all just bullshit. And then yep. they get through and they just keep slowly categorizing you more yep. and more. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, Facebook is a cesspool. There was some, uh, there was some ad, the uh, class I took focused on the 2016 election a lot. There were ads that, you know, the, the instructors like put this ad up on the, on the screen and said, all right, who saw this? Everybody raised their hand. Yeah. And he was like, all right, well, um, this ad was paid for in rubles. Um, and there was a guy in the class who could translate the money really fast. And he was like, yeah, they paid so many rubles for this. How much is that in dollars? And the guy was like, that was $3. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's everybody got hit. 
It's crazy. Yeah, every every now and then, fun. every now and then, I'll put like ten bucks into an ad, and it'll see like forty thousand people or something, which is yeah, crazy. It's, it's a crazy return on a ten dollar investment. But what I don't the, get any the return purchases out of it. <laughs> so it's you're really getting nothing. Yeah, really. No, I mean for the for the if you're trying to boost awareness and not um not get a physical return, right? So if I'm just trying to get my thing in front of people, I don't care if they're purchasing something. I just want them to see it, which is what a political right. ad would be. That's a yes. crazy return. A couple bucks gets you 40, 50, 60,000 people. Right? But what they've been doing with the political ads is they screenshot them and they share them on other platforms and then they reshare them on Facebook. Yeah. So what what they were doing is like one of these ads only had like 120 views. Yeah. Right? But what people had done is they had screenshotted it, shared it on another platform, and then people from that platform shared it back on Facebook. Yeah. So they were getting like just ridiculous traction off of this stuff. And it's it's crazy. And it's like a big psychological experiment, right? You make a thing that's just just believable enough to the right people, and then you target it at those people, and then mm -hmm. it then it turns into wildfire. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And the problem that I see right now is that nobody actually wants to source what they're having to post anymore. Yeah. And let alone real journalism has been dead for too long. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So if, if if we could get someplace that uh, you actually have to either call out your sources like you have to do on a college paper, right? Here's the source. Here's the date and time. Uh, so then you can fact check me or hell, somebody else. I can even fact check myself versus just saying, oh, I saw this on Facebook. And this is the feeling I'm getting from Facebook and or yeah. whatever other social platform. The, the thing that Facebook did is it became, it, in the beginning, it was where you went to be with your family and your friends. So you get warm feelings and all that stuff. Right. And then this stuff slowly got into it, you know, and, and now it's just like insane. It's just completely insane out there. It is. It is. So, I mean, the, 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 the problem I see with Facebook is, um, I lost, I lost my own train of thought. No, yeah, you're right. It is all of it. But um, nuke it for more of it. It's the only way to be sure. Now, now I can't remember what I was going to say. I had this really valid point that I was going to say. Nuke it for more of it. This guy right here has and the it's right. Just, <laughs> it's just gone. I'm gonna have another drink. Facebook is bad. Don't go on Facebook, folks. Except yeah, I'm Google, on Google the Plus. thing every day. Oh wait. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Uh, we use a lot of the social media platforms oh. the same way. We don't I, interact with anybody. I remember what it was. Yes. Now. You you were talking about you were talking about about fact checking, right? You cannot share something on Facebook anymore that you have not had an investigative journalist back for you, right? If you find something from a news source that you feel you can trust and you share it, somebody, whether they're mm -hmm. right or not, is going to come back and say, "Oh." That's just liberal media. Oh, that's just conservative media. Oh, I found this other article that contradicts yours. Therefore, yours is wrong, right? Mm -hmm. You can't share anything because they'll they'll nuke it, right? Or they're not not nuke it, but they'll attack it in that way. Yep. And then on top of that, you have Facebook is trying to do their due diligence and have these fact checking services, right? Where a thing is posted, and then they mm -hmm. put a warning on the bottom of it that says this thing is partially false, right? If people don't agree with the fact-checking service, they say, oh, the fact-checking service is liberal, <laughs> right? It's so, liberally biased. It's, so here's, you can't freaking but, win. 
Does anybody no, remember no laughter? No. Does anybody remember Usenet? Yeah. Okay. I'm 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 fucking old. Oh. I was gonna say oh. it's before my time or before I was online, Uncle Mark. Okay. So I'm 53. I was in college in the mid 80s. Mm-hmm. So I was exposed to Usenet between the years of 1985 and 1990. Yeah, I took five years of college. I drank a little too much beer, but I work <laughs> at Red Hat, so I won. You won. Right. You won. And I remember back in the 80s, before the 24 hour news cycle, before Aunt Marsha was on Facebook, before whatever, there was alt, there was like, you know, Alt dot politics or alt dot whatever net. There were the different news groups. Yes, and hand to heart, I read a lot of news groups. And then once Usenet stopped being a thing, I was on a lot of bulletin boards. And I was in I was on Live Journal. I've done Facebook. I in my life, and I bet so it. So I've been online since call it 1986. I have never, ever, 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 ever seen a response to someone's post that said, you know what? That was a very thoughtful political or religious yes. point. You have changed my mind. <laughs> I think you're right. No, that yeah. doesn't happen. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Never. That's a valid point. I've I've been online for, you know, since the mid to late 90s. And I, I also remember using that, Mark. <laughs> I may not be as old as you. I didn't find it in 1986, but I remember Usenet, and I remember it being not quite the cesspool that uh, that Facebook is, but it was a very un- not even close. It was an ungoverned mass. Yeah, anybody could post anything. It right? was very self-governing because there was so That's much peer it. pressure. There That's was it. a lot of peer pressure when people were trolls. That yeah. troll was a serious insult. Yeah. Now and I kind of I kind of a- went back to Usenet in the 90s when I discovered Linux. Yeah. Now it's a joke. Now being a troll is a joke. Now it's oh, I'm a troll. Look at look at me. I'm gonna troll them, and trolling them well, is posting a stupid meme on their timeline. We have a chief executive who is a level one thousand troll. That's his thing. Yeah. <laughs> Just remember, be a troll doll. You by mentioning she uses Ubuntu. So. Good point. Good point. But that's what I mean, <laughs> right? Like, like to me, that's not the whatever she chose Ubuntu. Yeah. Then there troll, was in there troll was like was like, you know, you went there with the purpose of stirring the pot, and no one liked you for it. Now right. everybody's stirring the pot. Yep, it's because bad. nobody's responsible because there's no. I mean, we're online anonymously, right? So nobody thinks about the other person on the other side of the screen. Yeah, right. Except, Unfortunately, except you're not anonymous, right? We're not anonymous. I, I literally I'm forced pop- to use your full name, but you're not in person. Is the key, right? Yeah. And you don't There's know very who this little consequence is that you're insulting, right? Yes, right. He's got he or she has a real name, but you're probably never going to meet him in real life. And here's the funny part: and I don't even know where the hell we are on the agenda at this point. <laughs> We're somewhere where I, we should be getting into the news. So that's nice. I have <laughs> I have people I have people that I love dearly in real life, friends and family I love dearly in real life. They are screaming assholes on Facebook. I, if I knew them just on Facebook, I, I would hate them. Yep. I have many family members in that category right now. Yeah. And, it's, and I and love this, them. It's I know shame. that it's so weird, right? But you know what? You have a conversation with these people in person and they're not like that. Yes. Right. Exactly. Like they might have differing opinions than you, but they show you more respect because you're in person. 
funny how that works. It's weird. So, so even with this whole COVID thing, I've got the same thing with my family. Love my family to death, but I've got a, a little one who's got special needs. So we're staying a little bit more reserved than what they're doing. Yeah. So if there's a family yeah. birthday party and we need to get together, we're wearing masks. Is anybody else wearing masks? Yeah. Okay, well, this is the level of engagement that we can do. Yeah. And up to this point in time, there's been that respect, even there's even though there's some unsaid um judginess. Sure. Right. You we're still able to family? participate. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's where it's like, okay, it's we're we're here, we're participating to the level that we can. And yeah. as long as we can have that respect of each other, everything's good. <sighs> it's so it's we're going to, I think we should, we should just, we should make our own video sharing platform and our own social platform. And then we should govern Jitsy. them. We should govern them both uh, with an iron, with an fist. iron fist, with an iron, oh! iron sysadmin. I was going to say, is that a lead in? <laughs> is, is there an element to a chat room that you're talking about? <laughs> Sure, uh, sure. We can talk about Element. <laughs> we're just not going to bother with the news tonight, right? Yeah, I mean, that's well, where we're going at this point because it's nine twenty-four. I was, I was going to say, let's talk about the news and hit the button that Jay Scar has been pointing at on his whiteboard for the whole night. Here it goes. When the girls get coding, join us on your screens October 13th for the Live at Manning Women in Tech Conference to celebrate the rising movement of women in technology. Check the show notes of this show for a link to more information. You didn't hear it? No. You it was had, super super low on this side, but that's okay. You heard it. You had to hear it. No, I have my I have the YouTube stream muted, and I didn't hear it over the headphones. And I hear everything else perfectly. I'm hoping our our viewers heard it. Folks on the YouTube stream, did you hear it? Because if no. Mark didn't hear it, you might not have. Your mates in Australia, did you hear it? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we got somebody in Element typing right now. Hang on. Thank you for whoever's YouTube heard it. Woo! Yay! So just Mark, I'll I'll send you the file. You can listen to it. You don't have to. I can just listen to the dang (laughs) podcast myself. I mean, it's fine. It's all good. All right. So we're going to go ahead. Don't we we link all the music at the bottom anyway? Because it's all open source. Uh, Sure. Not, I'm not crazy, right? I mean, I mean you, yes. You, so the the that that music clip is is uh, released under Creative Commons, and okay. it is uh, I used to have, know this by heart. Tritachian. Yes, Tritachian from Digital MK2 or Mark II. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, it's actually they have some pretty good music. Some really good like heavy music similar to that. I've used it in some YouTube videos and stuff. Pretty good stuff. Yep. So I do want to go through. I have to go back and find all the music I put in the waiting screens and add it to the show notes because I feel like it should be uh, called out even though it's not a requirement to the license that I got them under. But uh, I thought it was good stuff. And if anybody wants to look up the artists, you should. So anyway, back to the news or into the news. So I think this was from you, Jay Scar. 
Uh, this is from yeah. the from the EFF, and it's uh, if privacy dies in VR, it dies in real life. So I did read through this article a bit, and it's some pretty compelling stuff. You want to go ahead and summarize? Sure. Summarization is hey, if you didn't know, hey. Facebook bought Oculus, and then now Oculus this last week has uh, come out and said if you are going to buy a new Oculus uh, Quest then you will have to sign in with your Facebook account. If you already have an account, uh, you have two years to sign up for a Facebook account to be able to play on the hardware that you own. But the software, you know, we we own your online services. So just come on over. And the, the question or the statement from EFF is that if we're going to give more and more over to them, this is literally a, a machine that we're putting onto the fronts of our Facebook four cameras, voice recognition, camera tracking yeah uh it's a very slippery slope it's a cool technology and i mean i i went through and i bought one right i thought that this was awesome because it was future proof uh even with it being owned and bought by facebook being able to plug it into the pc and be able to play pc games i thought it was best future proof the community was awesome and then they go do this i have only one of two things to say is that i hope that the community will come together and find a way to bypass it or in less than two years, this one will be sold, and hopefully there'll be somebody out there who will make a worthwhile headset. Yeah. So this is this is a this is a very valid complaint, right? Um, especially in this case, right? Oculus Rift was like the forerunner of VR headsets, at least to my they memory. Were. Right? I could be wrong. I right? think you're right. They were like yep, the forerunner absolutely. in 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 VR technology. They were the first that they that, were... that became a commercially viable product right. for a regular person. So I was still in higher ed at the time. I remember a lot of colleges buying these things in order to do like flat out educational things, like explore DNA strands and whatever in 3D in 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 VR. Um, and then they got bought by Facebook. And everyone's like, oh, now it's ruined, right? Because it's owned by wow. Facebook. And I have ideological reasons I don't like Facebook. But then Facebook mm -hmm. said, don't worry. Hey, exactly. We're not going to do that. We're not going to make you use a Facebook account. It's just, it's a cool technology. We want to own it. You know, whatever the future may bring, mm -hmm. maybe they'll, you know. And I guess people just sort of gave them the benefit of the doubt. They said they're not going to yeah. do it. They're totally not going to do this. How do you know Zuckerberg's lying? Yeah, right. Well, he's he's speaking. That's when you know he's lying, right? <laughs> so, um, and now here we are, right? In two years, anybody who has an Oculus Rift or any other Oculus device, I suppose. So is the, the device you were talking about, is that, I saw an ad for one, ironically, on Facebook. Uh, is, that, mm -hmm. is that the one that is that does not require a PC? That's There's correct. a couple of so That's the reason why I went that way is because I can completely play it offline um not internet connected yeah. uh which was another bonus for me but yes i can completely play this uh tetherless and if i wanted to i could plug in the usb-c as long as your pc is beefy enough so you need to have at least a 1060 ti uh with six gigs of ram or something newer so like a 1660 is no problem yeah um and this is future proof there are uh different communities that we're going through and doing wireless uh desktop or wireless steam gaming on this before it was officially blessed so wow. the the community was awesome they were doing amazing things with it above and beyond what facebook was doing by side loading apps yeah. so i waited and and i waited to get into the vr game for a long time i mean i think i literally got this second month of covid so we're talking march 
January, February, March, April. I think it was April? March. March. Yeah, yeah. sometime right? in March. It was sometime in March um, that I finally ended up finding one yeah. and then uh, buying it at regular price versus the, the price gouging. So yeah. I was excited about it. And I'll tell you, for the VR Beat Saber and then the, the uh, VR uh, Fit, or it used to be called Box VR, absolutely yeah. amazing. It'll make you sweat. If you've been and doing uh, martial arts in the past, it's a great workout. So well, Beat Saber's cool because you have lightsabers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> lightsabers and music. How much better? I mean, it's Dance Dance yeah. Revolution. Pretty awesome. Your arm, it, arms and Beat Saber's a lot of fun. I, I have a Vive. Mine's wired, but... Zuckerberg's dirty paws are nowhere near it. So there's yeah. that. Yeah. But I mean, it's still owned by HTC, right? So, and that the article goes into that as well, right? So, oh, it does? Uh, it doesn't go in, it doesn't paint HTC as a bad company or anything, but it's, they're one of the large technology companies. I mean, yeah, where else? I don't, they're, they're right. But I, they're not, take, they're not outright, they're not owned by a megalomaniac. Well, right, maybe so they are, but what, they are not owned by a megalomaniac Mark Zuckerberg, who believes that no one should have any privacy in what I was trying to say was I take so a lot of the stuff that comes out of the EFF. I love the EFF. I love what they're doing. A lot of it is a very draconian view. Absolutely. It's, it's an all or nothing. It's a it's a privacy must be a line. Anything even slightly over that line is evil. Anything beyond before the line is great. Right. So so, you know, they they seemed to have a negative opinion of any tech giant whether it was HTC, who, as far as I know, has never done anything to wrong us, <laughs> right? <laughs> but maybe they know something we don't. Or Facebook, maybe. right? They put them all, and they seem to have lumped them all in the same same group because they're tech giants, <laughs> right? Right. And and we know people at Red Hat. Our dear friend Mason, we'll just call him by his first name because no one will know who he is outside of this podcast. Our dear friend Mason, uh, Richard Stallman, not at Red Hat, but... The, these are people with what one would consider extreme views. Right. I like having those extreme views around yeah. because they pull the rest of us to the middle yeah. or to a yes. more reasonable position. Yes. Right, right. So as long as you read the EFF with that understanding that they may sound extremist, but that's only because your normal non-tech person will by default be pulled to the complete opposite end which is bad right. so you need some of these extremists to pull people back to the middle like i could never compute like stallman does i totally respect where he comes from right i love linux i love that i've made a living on linux since effectively 2004 when i started the linux job at merck yeah but i run windows for games i have an i i have an i uh an iphone you know i i i Pay for Disney Plus. I love paying for Disney Plus. Yeah. Star Wars Rebels is amazing. I will probably pay for Mulan when it drops on the fourth. That trailer blew me away the first time I saw it. And so I'll probably end up being one of those suckers who who buys it digitally via Disney Plus. And yet I don't really own it because it's up on Disney's cloud and that's yeah, bad. Yeah. Sorry, Richard. <laughs> but the so extremists, the extremists do good work because they make sure that that Joe average has a, has a fighting chance. Yeah. Joe right. has a chance to have a normal privatized life, even though Joe often throws that away by giving all his private information to pizza galaxy cat. Pizza galaxy cat. So he's I've, the true evil overlord. Pizza I, galaxy cat. This, this article from, from the EFF, um, 
it really brings my brain. In, have, have any of you read Ready Player One? I don't oh, yes. watch that trash that was the movie. I mean, read it. <laughs> okay. No, no, Ready no, Player no, One's no. very intriguing. By the way, Ready Player One, he's a better writer than the one than the one who writes Potter. Yeah. But he's not that good of a writer. But the story. The story's amazing. The story was great. And right? as and a child, as someone who went to high school in the 80s, I love the nostalgia. Right. I don't so know the, how the nostalgia was fun, but the the thing I'm poking at is they the whole premise is they're in a world where the physical world is like an afterthought at this point. It's, yes. like, it's like a requirement to live. But, it's like the ultimate end game that MMOs really want to be. Right. But life happens in this virtual <laughs> world called the Oasis. And I hate to say it, but when, when Facebook bought Oculus, that was my mm -hmm. first thought. They want to make sure. a VR world for people to live in. I get that. Probably, and because then right? you're able to constantly put... Go ahead, Keith. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. That's that's their goal. Right, right. And that scares the hell out of me, that Facebook would be the people that get there. Well, because that would be like the movie version that you don't like, where the one guy's like, we could monetize 80% of the HUD. Yes. And they do the, the mock-up shot. <laughs> yep. Yeah, right, right, right. Well, I mean, well, that was part of the... And book. I winced. That was part of the book too. It's just you didn't see it. Yeah, but it was really power. It was really powerful on film. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't hate the movie. I took the beginning of the book actually makes the movie somewhat canon. Yeah. So, I mean, have the, you ever read that explanation? The 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 movie, the movie would have been great if they made it into a trilogy, but they had to yes. cut so much yeah, out. The, the movie. Well, Peter Jackson screwed that up for everybody when he burned all of her goodwill by drawing the Hobbit out across yes, too many days. Yeah. No, yeah. The, uh, Lord of the Ring, Lord of the Rings was amazing, especially the extended edition. And then Peter got, had gotten all self-indulgent. Yeah. And now so the, they'll never make a trilogy again. The thing with ready player one, and I've said this about a number of movie adaptations of anything, the same thing with Ender's game, right? Ender's game is a, is in a similar boat in my mind to the Ready Player One movie. I where, thought it was spaceships. Where in itself, it's not a bad movie. It's not right. a terrible like it's not. They're not stellar movies, but they're they're decent. They're fun. There, it's a fun ride. You you to, to someone who has not read the book, the the movie is okay, right? It's standalone, right? Right. You read the book, and it's like, it's only a loosely connected story. Right. I, I would say the same thing of the expanse and of the game of Thrones series as well. Right. Right. So, you know, that's, I guess that's my primary complaint with that, with that movie. And I really try not to nitpick movies that are based on books because that's okay. like, that's like the thing that that's never hard. is really true. That Lord of the Rings was probably one of the best movie adaptations of a book that I've ever seen. And even it got lots of stuff wrong because I oh, have I have good friends who I could get them on the line now and they would tell you why the Lord of the Rings sucked so bad as a movie. A lot of it has to do with this obsession with Tom Bombadil not being in it. But still, there that there was are disappointing. Yeah, you're <laughs> he was completely see, dropped. <laughs> see, you might lose all respect for me, but I actually find the actual Lord of the Ring books almost unreadable. They they are dry. They're very dry and difficult to read. 
You call me a philistine awkward. if you must. But it's a but it's but. a very it's a very drawn out and well described uh, world, fetch quest, which is kind of the problem. Yeah, fetch quest. <laughs> it's a fetch quest. It's a fetch. It's a very long fetch quest with lots of side quests in the middle. Or is it a Just delivery into eagles? Delivery, delivery quest. It's a delivery quest, not a fetch quest, because you. All right. Yeah. So if you include the Hobbit, it's a fetch quest because you go somehow, there and back again. Somehow this is related to Facebook. And uh, because because and the Oasis, ready player we're gonna, one. Yes, we're gonna move along to the next <laughs> the next article. Move along, move along. Is, from is this gonna be a three hour tonight? I, we're at nine thirty nine. It sure what, feels. What's your timer at? It sure feels like it. Um, we're at two hours and thirty six minutes. So if we hurry up, oh my we can, god, it's we a can... world record. <laughs> no one's gonna listen to this ever. So the next is from Threat Post. Uh, the sounds a key makes can produce three D printed re- produce a three D printed replica. I assume that the sounds themselves can't produce a three D printed replica because they need a three D printer to do it. It's a bad that, title. That's <laughs> it is a bad title. Uh... <laughs> So, long story the sound short, sound of silence. Yeah, that is a weird. Their title. mitigation is make sounds when you're putting in your keys to unlock your house. <laughs> Not even with your mouth. <laughs> yes, with your mouth. <laughs> you see, I would do that anyway. So that's hilarious, and yep. I, I, I win because I now I have our door doesn't have a key. It's got a keypad. Yeah, we replaced it with a keypad with a that you'd oh, you type mean, in a you number. Oh, you mean one of those keypads that I can hack from my car? Probably. Can you? Yeah. Or or is it Wi-Fi not, connected? It's not Wi-Fi connected. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a Bill. I'm more of a William Adamo when it comes to that shit. I don't. I Amen. don't network anything. I don't have to. Yes. No networks on my ship. <laughs> okay. Well, next, they- we'll probably get into it with a very carefully crafted circuit board. Yeah, sure. but I would I would see that on my camera. <laughs> is the, is the camera? camera network connected? <laughs> well, the camera's <laughs> network connected. Yeah, she'd have to. She but she have so she'd have to circumvent that first. Okay, so you just cut, or, cut or it, she wants into your network. if she wants in, she could just ring the doorbell because I like you guys. I'd let you. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You want a drink? Come on in. So cut how does dogs. how does this work? Like the, I mean, I did this one. I didn't read. I'm sorry. <laughs> So, they, long story short, they've got a, a program that you're able to feed in an audio file of you recording uh, the key sliding in and how it's the pins are hitting the key as it's sliding in. They're able to then throw it through a couple different programs and spit out a 3D printed. Now, it's not a perfect 3D print off of one go. They print you off a set. And out of that set, <laughs> one of them is going to work. One of these 628 keys will open that door. <laughs> And if it's at that point, it's printing, just, it takes it a long friggin' time. Point, it's just random, right? It's like we yeah. printed you six hundred twenty-eight random keys. Five times five. Right. So to to prove that the spy key works, the team developed a simulation based on real-world recordings in which the spy key was able to narrow down a field of three hundred thirty thousand potential keys to a lock to three candidates okay. for the most frequent cases. Okay. So if you if you get three keys. I mean, you got okay. enough time to, to try that's three usable. keys. That's usable. That's usable. Oh, crap. Yeah, I tried funny. the wrong one. Yeah, that, that, that just looks but like you pulled the wrong key. to capture the data, 
you need to be able to capture the audio of someone yeah. who legitimately has a key. Legit, so yes. if I see it in my neighbors that have like that little audio gun <laughs> thing with the headphones, I should be careful is what so I'm saying. You got some, I would, some sneaky neighbors. I would also imagine that this would have to be a decent quality recording. So this probably isn't something that some passerby recording audio on his cell phone is going to be able to grab. Yet. I have to tend to agree with you. <laughs> yeah. uh, in time, or if you were planting something, it's one yeah. deal. But yeah. I had never seen, I, I had theorized about being able to uh, listen to audio of a 3D print and then be able to replicate it. Yeah. Um, and this was something down the same lines to where using audio to be able to create something physical, I thought was pretty cool. It is cool. It Not is practical. Cool. Don't get me wrong. It's it's neat. It's it's the, for the for the same way that it's neat that people are able to get data off of air gap systems by watching the hard drive light blink. Like yes, it's yes. neat. It's not practical at all. Absolutely. Practical right. yet. Right. That's the key. It's not practical but, yet. Wireless internet was not practical ten years ago. Right now it is. <laughs> right. So now this is something to be able to put into your threat model to see if it's, this is something that you have to worry about. Can I can I just pack all my doorknobs in cotton? Would that do the trick? Maybe. <laughs> so that it muffles the sound. All you right. Just make noise. You make noise with your mouth. All right. Or you, you go. So um, our next article is. Did you guys hear there was a zoom outage earlier this week? So yes, I got. I caught shit about that. You did not, not because it was my fault. So it was your fault. <laughs> so remember, my son's going to a state with the governor who's a straight talk and doesn't like knuckleheads. Yeah. So one of the things you need to do to be allowed on campus at Stevens is you need to you need a a negative COVID test within five days of your move-in day. Okay. His date. So he's moving in on Saturday. So the earliest we could have this test was on Monday. So. We had an appointment at one place, and because this was important to us, my wife ended up ordering a backup spit test mm. because our insurance covered it. So who cares? I've right. Sure. Right. So they, it's like prison. They want to see the person do the spit test and then seal it in. My gosh. Via Zoom. Okay. <laughs> so I come upstairs to get a second cup of coffee and my wife is in a rage at the dining room table. She's like, he needs to do this spit test and Zoom is out. There's an outage. I'm like, what do you mean? It's not working on your iPad? No, Zoom, Zoom is down. Right. I'm like, well, that's interesting. <laughs> I'm like, I'm thinking there's some very clever nerds trying to bring it back up right now. Yeah, you're just going to have to wait. <laughs> Gonna but you're going to have to wait. There's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. And it eventually came back up and he got both results today. We got the one from the one his doctor sent him to. And then we got the one from the supplementary. So he gets to go. But yeah, that actually that impacted the Richter household and yeah. made my wife cranky. And when my wife is cranky, it the makes whole household day worse. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So the, the main reason I brought this in here is not because I hate Zoom, even though I don't really love Zoom. Um, we're but on it's, it. it's mainly yes we're it. on zoom right now that's so uh, anyone who doesn't know like every podcast in the freaking world we're using zoom to make this work but um, why are we using that other cool background the reason it, yeah because this way he can have the pizza galaxy cat in his background mm. um so the reason i included this was one because i thought people might want to know there was a zoom outage right and this is a thing that in this particular world state that we're in is a big deal because so many yeah, people. Yeah, the outage is over. So many people are dependent. Who are you on, informing? What? 
No, 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 no. I'm People just, want to know. I'm just it saying. It happened. No, no. Oh, okay. It you, happened. You're not okay. letting me finish my statement. Uh, in this particular world state, that's a much bigger deal than it would have been, say, six months ago before Smarch. Um, We're still in Smarch. Yes. Uh, sorry. Smarch one, never ended. One month ago before Smarch. How's that? One yeah, very long you. month ago. Um, but Longest month ever. What, what this highlights is the dependence that we have on third parties nowadays, right? And that's always been a thing that I've I've tried to avoid in my life. It's really hard to well, do nowadays because yeah, I can't. The moment you flip a light switch, you're dependent on a third party. The right. moment you have city water, you're dependent on a third party. You are correct. There are certain places but you can't avoid that. Although you could avoid that. I could. I could have. I could have a generator in my backyard. I could have you know my own well in the basement. Or you know, under the yard or whatever. Those are things you can do. Um, can. Anyway, my that's kind of like running your own server, right? My point is, it comes back to the, the the thing we talked about earlier with Google shutting off your account, right? Yeah. All the things you depend on with Google all of a sudden go away. Well, in this case, everyone in the world jumped on Zoom because Zoom was smart enough to go, "Oh, the world's closed down. You can use us for free." Right. And now we're all stuck with Zoom because everyone's like, oh, I'm going to jump out of Zoom with you because it's become like Band-Aid. Right. It's become a ubiquitous term. And now if you try to suggest anything other than Zoom to anyone, they're like, I don't want to use that. I, well, that's not Zoom. Zoom is easy. I want to use Zoom. See, it's funny. I got a little bit. Of, I did the chess merit badge. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a merit badge counselor and I had five scouts who wanted to do it. And the, the troop leadership had said, well, for these merit badges, we'll just use Zoom because Bernie has an account and the people are used to using it. I'm like, nah, my company's letting us use Google Meet because we already pay for it. And they yeah. said we can use it for personal stuff. Right. And it doesn't have any of the BS that Zoom's doing. Like, I don't need a password and the, the meeting won't be like cut off with a free account or whatever. So tiniest bit of pushback. And I'm just like, we're going to use Google Meet. It's very much like Zoom. It works on anything. Click this link. If you have any trouble, let me know. And miracle of friggin' miracles, no one had any trouble. It was like it okay. was like magic. So Uncle Mark, I'll say the same thing for Jitsi when it came Jitsi, to family yeah. reunions online. If you can click a button and you've got an HTML5 browser, it, you don't even have to install an app. You're done. I probably should have gone with Jitsi, but you know, and whatever <laughs> you works. Right? Your battles, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so when's Iron Sis had been pivoting to Jitsi? Uh, I, I was actually talking to Jscar earlier about that because I'm sending sending him the Zoom link and I'm like, you know, I really I feel dirty sending you a Zoom link. Yes, <laughs> you should. No judgment here. It's no, okay. There will I be mean, a but... there will be a day. I wanted what I wanted to do was get the streaming and the OBS stuff all like second nature, and then I'll start tinkering around. Dude, I'm totally not judging yeah. you. Yeah. We used Jitsi for that one internal call, one of our watercolor calls, and it worked. And we and I retracted it for the next month because there's a couple of people who need to do dial in, and the guy who helped who set it up, I said, if you can deliver the voice over IP part, then we'll keep using it, and he couldn't deliver it. Yeah. So. Well, between that and also being on the VPN, you can do that outside of the VPN and it works. But yeah, I mean, so this is exactly it, right? If you're going to go through and do something that's outside of the normal, you have to be willing to support it. Now, for yeah. you and I, if we were just going to go to Jitsi and fire up our own room, I, that's how I've been hosting my hackerspaces. Right. Um, 
by just using that. I'm not hosting it myself, but it's on open source hardware and software. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we have two more news articles. One of them is a really simple thing. Uh, there's a new release of Firefox for Android, which I was interested in only because I found Firefox on Android to be a steaming pile of garbage. And this is hopefully going to fix that. And I'm going to try it out later because it only released today. Um, nice. So Good luck. That is a thing that if you're interested in, it's, it's, it's from CNET and it's Mozilla's Firefox Daylight browser. I guess that's the, the name of the release. Uh, for Android is out, and here's five reasons to try it. Uh, so if you want five reasons to try it, go read the article. <laughs> it used to crash all the time on me, Nate. Yeah, I all didn't, the time. I've never liked Firefox on Android. I don't. I, I Firefox is like my 98%. I use everything in Firefox browser on PC. Um, yep. I it just never worked right on on Android, and I was always very disappointed by that. I was Probably, just always I using Brave. Yeah. For what it's worth. Yeah. Even on mobile. Yeah, I didn't even know Brave existed on mobile. Maybe I'll try it. Yep. Because I've I've just totally. been biting the bullet and using Chrome, which of course synchronizes everything to Google. So. Yep. But anyway, I'm not going to belabor that too much. The last one I did want to spend at least a short amount of time on because it is very privacy related. Uh, Android 101: How to Stop Location Tracking, and there are a ton of tips in this article about how to disable Google's tracking of you, not just location, but that's the, that's of course the focus of the article, but there's not, there's a number of things in here uh, that you can, whether you want to do them or not, there's caveats to all these things, right? Uh, because a lot of the utility that you get out of having a Google account comes from that tracking, right? So it being able to figure out when you're out somewhere and you want to go home, the fact that Google Maps can say, are you ready to go home and suggest it as a location? That's because it has location tracking. Uh, you know, when it can say, we see you go to Home Depot pretty frequently and you hopped in the car on Saturday and you're probably going to go to Home Depot and it shows it up as a, as a recommended location, that's because they're doing location tracking. And if you think about it, it's kind of creepy, but it's really, really convenient. <laughs> so just know that if you want to go through this article and start turning off any of those features, there are caveats to all of them. You're going to start losing some of that convenience that uh, you get out of having a Google account or having an Android device. Um, but it is a really interesting thing. If you even you may not even be aware of some of the stuff that Google is tracking. So go ahead and check it out. Um, it's from The Verge and it's in the show notes. So I don't want to belabor it because we're already gone so freaking far off the two hour mark that I was going to try to hit with this show tonight. How far we'll go. <laughs> I, I, I could I sing a little water right here, but I'm not going to. You could sing. <laughs> I told you I, I could talk about that for a long time, mate. Well, so the, the main oh, topic tonight went just over an hour, and an hour is like, you know, kind of par for the course. So it, it wasn't the DEF CON talk. It was the chat in the middle. <laughs> that really got us. <laughs> that really got us. So. so if somebody wants to go down the rabbit trail of more privacy tools, there's privacytools.io I just added to the show notes, as well as Intel Techniques. Uh, you will be wearing a full body suit of uh <laughs> instead of a, a, just a tinfoil tin hat. hat uh it'll show you that those people who have been wearing the tinfoil suits have had reason to so i'll leave it at that but you can fall down this rabbit hole very easily oh my i bet i bet all right and with that i think we're gonna close up the show folks because i don't know if anyone's still left watching the little clicker here tells me we if still you... have six people i think watching us if you I mean, God, God bless you, if you are. made it this far, we love you. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for <laughs> tuning awesome in. people. That is awesome. I, I do want to mention, because we said it earlier, 
Uh, it, along with the Slack space, the Slack workspace, we also have the matrix.io workspace. Uh, it's not included in the show notes. I'm going to have to make sure to add that in there before I publish the show in case anybody wants to join there. We have had a couple people join. It has been working yes. pretty well. I've had a couple cases where my Synapse server, which is the thing that hosts Matrix on a home server, has gotten a little flaky and I've had to poke it. Uh, but that's kind of... The stick. Like, unfortunately, the the side effect of sometimes running this kind of stuff on a tiny little digital ocean droplet in the cloud. <laughs> Right. I should probably devote more hardware to this thing, but I didn't want to spend the money on it. So anyway, uh, usual closing stuff. If you want to watch us live, you can do so on the second and fourth Thursday, roughly of every month. We skipped last last time because of my kid's birthday. And next time around, instead of recording on Thursday, we're going to record Tuesday. So that's September 10th. We're swapping to September 8th. And that's because it's my wife's birthday. And no, that's not my password, so don't try to... <laughs> don't think you just gained something on me. <laughs> Might be my pin, though. Or did you? <laughs> uh, so, on a normal month, second and fourth Thursday of every month, um, the Slack workspace I already mentioned. If you want to watch us on YouTube or now on Twitch, because we're doing the multi-streaming thing, I'm also streaming it to my own personal Facebook account, but I don't expect any of you to go look me up there. Because you got to pay for restream to stream to a page, so maybe someday we'll do that. I don't know, uh, but it what? is what? Oh, shout out to Andy! One of one yeah. of my previous customers is listening. Awesome, that's cool. Yeah, he pinged me in. He pinged me in Slack. Nice, yay! Nice. And he's also on Element too. So, oh, uh, awesome, awesome. You know, that's I cool. got to get my I got to my lazy ass over to Element. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> That's so, the one I was giving Nate a hard time about a few right. weeks ago, but he so, apparently fixed it. Well, it seems to work better now. So youtube.com yeah, slash yeah. Iron Sysadmin podcast. And I think it's uh, twitch.tv slash Iron Sysadmin podcast, though I'm just going to put the link in there if you don't. Because yeah. I may have gotten that wrong. I think it's Iron Sysadmin podcast. Uh, of course, on the Facebook and the Twitters, you can find us. And if you want to support us, all the platforms we make fun of. If right? you want, yes, if you want to. Well, I don't make fun of Twitter so much. If you want to support us monetarily via Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/IronSisadmin, and oh, you can go buy shirts like this awesome one that I'm wearing. But it's not the purple button, Jscar. The purple button okay. is the transition button. Ah, oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we need a shirt with press the purple button on it. Maybe we do. And then he's going to erase it. It's the red button to close. Well, it would have been the red button to close the show. But instead now, all I do is transition to this other scene here in OBS that I need to find. Where is it? Where? Oh, there. It's called Show's Over. Where hopefully you took last names out. I did this time. <laughs> but, Thank you for having us. But what we have to find out is if the, if the scrolling uh, credits work this time, because they didn't last time, if you remember. <laughs> they needed the last names. That Maybe that's it. The last names made it too heavy, and they couldn't scroll. Eve, J-Scar, thank you both, and, and thank thank uh, thank Bia for coming. Yeah, She's a great kid. Definitely. That, I, was, I, that was fun. And and thank thanks the, for having us. Thank the six, the six of you that might actually be watching us right now. Hopefully, uh, maybe, Mia, hopefully we can have you again at some, have you on again at some point. Yeah. This has been fun. We always have a good time here. All right. I'm going to go ahead and do it. Here we go. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.